The year is 2020. A wasteland and a field of ruin have destroyed our mana bases. There is but one solution, one way to save the metagame. Brave souls working for the benefit of us all. Welcome to the Astrolab. everyone and welcome again to the Astro Lab, the only podcast on the internet everyone seems to want to ban and well they guess they got us in some formats but i'm still playable in vintage and i might be playing it in vintage next week who knows we'll see uh, i am one of your co-hosts joe dyer and with me as always is mr scott campbell how you doing tonight scott uh i'm kind of a mixed bag today Uh-oh. um don't be mixing your bags. Uh, <laughs> pre-show, no. Um, yeah, the, the Reds lost. They're at twenty-two and twenty-seven. Uh, yeah, right my uh, my wife my wife had to post her little thing because she's she said she says Scott always posts his uh, this one belongs to the Reds, so I'm gonna post my this one belongs to the Cubs uh, because <laughs> uh, you can't you can can't take the the girl out of Chicago. My her dad is from Chicago. Okay. And, uh, the it, it doesn't matter who it is. It, it, she they play against. She will root for the Cubbies no matter what. Hey, so. at, at least at least the Reds, uh, whoever they had at first base today, which I think was uh, Tyler Stevenson. Still, um, at least he can play first base and like whoever the Pirates had because, like, <laughs> I'm sure who whoever is listening to our podcast has probably seen the most bizarre, goofiest baseball play. Uh, Probably in a long time. But um, Bizarre is not legal in baseball. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't put in Modern Horizons too, but we'll get that in uh, uh, here in a minute. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I got, uh, as uh, Joe can see over my shoulder, uh, I got Fans Toys Phoenix, a.k.a. Skyfire. So I got a new Masterpiece Transformer. Uh, he's nice. sitting on the shelf under Prime. Um, nice. been, uh Been getting a few of those lately. Um, you know, just, it's one of those things where it's like, as I'm getting older and the fact that I've spent year and a half or year and a quarter, I guess, not playing paper magic at a store, right. I'm just like, you know, eventually something's pushes is going to come to shove and start doing these masterpiece transformers, which are, are neat. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, transformers was Star Wars and Transformers probably like A and 1A for me when I was a kid. Right. Um, so having these in the office is, is kind of cool. I, I, office is getting full real quick, though, <laughs> uh, with having these uh, cases and stuff. But, right. man, uh, you know, we got a couple of our stores are doing uh, events now. Run, uh, matter of fact, yeah. uh, Game Haven is doing standard tonight as we speak. Nice. Nice. Uh, level two judge extraordinaire and uh, known for coming in second post Jason Stoneforge band and standard uh, Matt Farney uh, playing as Black Red Vampires at that Star City event. Uh, he is currently judging at uh, Game Haven for their standard event. Oh, cool. Um, Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, I'm, you know, one of the things with local judges is uh, they're like, I got nothing to do. Everything's on arena. Uh, right. So uh, they're excited to get back to doing what they do because they, 
instead of them playing, although they do play, uh, right. but instead of them playing on the weekends at, at events, they sacrifice that time to make sure that all of us have a smooth game experience where everything is played fairly and there's no mistakes and right. things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm excited to hear some of them start getting in, back out and into live events, even if we still have to wear masks and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Epic Loot is starting up on June 4th with yeah. Standard and Modern. Uh, and then on Sundays, they're doing Pioneer. Uh, oh. at 1230. Uh, I didn't see about that. Yeah, so that, that, uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling, though, like, the problem, the big problem they're going to have right now is yeah. that the their, um, their modern and standard events are both at 5 o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. And that's, and I saw a lot of comments in that thread about how people were kind of upset about that, because... I mean, uh, he, here's, here's the easy fix, right? Like, especially because it had that in the Thing that we looked at the WPN notes or whatever, like they right. can host events after the store closes or whatever, right? Right, right, like, right. I get it that they don't want to be there longer than the store is closed. Close the store at eight for new customers. Right. Play a fourth round. You right, know, right. we're we're leaving at nine nine thirty tops, right? right? As long as people understand, cool. Once the games are over, you're not staying here to hang out. You know, you can chit chat for a little bit, but we got to get going because. Right, you know, right. It's done. Um, that I think could appease both sides because they don't want to stay open super long to where you have the random customer straggling in and get an EDH deck uh, five minutes before modern is done or whatever. Right, right? like close the store at eight. Those who are playing, cool. Those they're still staying. If they leave, they can't come back in. Whatever, right? Right. So. I'm going to go the first couple times to see how it is and then try and provide some constructive feedback to them. Same thing with No Limit Gaming. I asked uh, asked one of their guys up there today. I'm like, so you're starting at 6.30, but your store closes at 8? Eh, we, they're like, we might change the hours. We're not sure. Um, mm. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, <laughs> what's crazy is that... Uh, this is starting up first couple weeks, and then like right in the middle of June is when I, when my wife and I take vacation. So yeah, it's right. like going to start up playing, and then week off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll figure something out during that time. Right. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just it's been a day. These I, I wish you all could see me on this audio podcast. Um, <laughs> let's not make that joke we're beating I, this guy. I, I know these these uh, previews I, i'm just kind of a whirlwind of emotions with these previews now which i mean we're talking about a card game but but seriously it's like from yay to wtf uh, i've kind right. of run the gamut but anyway so we'll, we'll get to more about that later most of the show to be honest is going to be about uh modern horizons 2 and then we'll talk about uh, some D and D stuff, uh, and like the rules update that affects uh, Dritz Doerden. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 such such a rough name to say. I kind of feel for Evan when trying to, uh, and Saffron Olive when trying to say that name. But it's a uh, it's a uh, Drist. Yeah, I, I, I've heard Dritz. I've heard Drist. I've heard. Uh, so I've also heard. Are... You can't use that name on World of Warcraft, Scott. Please choose another name. 
Um. <laughs> uh, I, so I, um, the appropriate pronunciation is uh, either Drist or Drizzit, uh, which is uh, two that have been listed. Okay. But Drist is like the appropriate uh, pr- uh, pronunciation. Fair. So. But anyway, Joe, how are you doing? How, how are you and your uh, family? Doing all right. Uh, we went to Dollywood last weekend. Uh, so that was great. We had a good time. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, my Blackest Magic Secret Lair arrived. Sweet. Uh, finally. So I'm currently uh, in contact with uh, both Edge and uh, Hillary on the uh, signings for uh, getting my Cultivate and my Ponder signed. Who's more excited, uh, you or them? They're both really excited, honestly. Nice. Like Edge, Ed, Edge was like, she was like, I, I, I sent her a Twitter DM. And then I sent her an email because I wasn't sure if she saw the Twitter DM. And I was just like, hey, uh, you know, I, I sent you a Twitter, Twitter DM. I wasn't sure if you saw it. Like, I just wanted to ask, you know, again about the signing. And, and she was like, she was like, oh, my God. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like, uh, I didn't. My DMs are, like, packed. I'm like, I haven't seen it. And I was just like, and she's like, absolutely. Like, I'm working on something big. Give me a week. Like, you know, uh, and we'll figure it out from there. And I was like, okay. Like, absolutely cool. Like, I'm in no rush. Uh, you know, I told her already, I said, I think the card looks fantastic in foil and it does like they really do. Mm -hmm. And she was really excited to hear that. So these artists are like just super excited. Um, Hillary got in her artist proofs for, um, cultivate. Uh, and, uh, she hasn't sure what she's going to charge for them yet, but she's like really excited to get her artist proofs in for those. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really excited for them, uh, as from an art, uh, an art standpoint, cause it's really good art. Uh, the entire secret layer looks really, really pretty in foil. Uh, like every card looks just absolutely gorgeous in foil. Um, and, uh, one of them is already gone. Uh, the Kaya is gone already. Uh, cause the Kaya went to our. Uh, local Kaya loving degenerate uh, Zach Denger. Oh yeah. So I went over to his house today and hung out with him for a little bit. And, nice. I hope he's uh, doing well. He's doing really good. Yeah, yeah. He's fantastic. God, so how old is his uh, oldest son now? Fourteen. Come, yeah, come Nate, Nate, on. Nathan. Nathan is fourteen now. Yeah, it, yeah. He was just teaching him to play magic mm-hmm. like a couple years mm-hmm. ago, and he was like eight, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he's fourteen how, now. So. How? His littlest two, his, the twins, are are going into kindergarten this year. They're five. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my so, God. It was good to hang out with him for a little bit, but he had uh, asked me already when I bought the secret lair if he could buy the Kaya off me because okay. uh, he collects Kayas. So. Dude, Kaya's sick. I, I've been meaning to get yeah. to you about whether to uh, play Maverick or play non-blue four-color loam. Because yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, just, just kind of decided, especially with the things coming in Modern Horizons too. What what <laughs> deck really to yeah. kind of run and prepare for? Um, the cool thing about uh, my particular lair was that I got the uh, stained glass Teferi. Oh, nice for my oh, bonus card. You did. So yeah, Sick. that was kind of nice. So I'm just gonna sit on that, mm-hmm. like because at some point those are not gonna be able to be found. Oh yeah, for sure. Anywhere like, and it's the stained glass Teferi Time Raveler. So, Oof. like, uh, I have a feeling like it's already like a fifty, sixty dollar foil for the stained glass version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just gonna sit on it. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to get rid of it nope, right now. Not at all. It, it, it's 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 pretty looking too. Like, I I'm pretty impressed. Like, and not only that, like one of the things I'm really impressed with is the fact that, um. 
that they these cards aren't pringly. Really? Like they they're not. Like they don't look like they have foiling problems. Oh, for the uh, the so, secret layer cards? Yeah, all of them. All of them. Even the the Teferi. Really? Like, it doesn't seem like it has any foiling problems. Oh. Like they all are nice and flat. Like it looks good. They all look good. So I have a feeling that everybody complaining about foils or whatnot. I think we're finally starting to see some of the the changes that I think that they've been making in the background of uh, on cardstock. Yeah. To try and improve that because Strixhaven was fantastic from a foil perspective. Huh. Like all of the mystical archives were gorgeous in foil and had really really good foiling where mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it they, they weren't Pringles. And none of the set foils were Pringles. Speaking of which, let me take a look at my thrilling discoveries as I bust out my dredge deck. (laughs) Did did those? Let's see here. So it's in a dragon shield. Or not a dragon. Yeah, it's in a dragon shield inner sleeve. So. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad at all. It's fine. Like, it's just a little bit. It's not bad at all. Like, I, I can probably, if I wanted to, I could probably ship these cards to Colorado and put them in the humidor where they put their baseballs. Um, <laughs> but but no, like but, it, it's fine. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was. I'm it's pretty, not pretty Commander impressed. Legends. Like, Jesus. Christ. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Commander Legends stuff was pretty bad. So like you want to talk about the set that made me almost stop foiling cards? Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty Ugh. awful. But but other than that, it's been a good week. Uh, good. Just kind of uh, chilling, having a having a week. Um, you know, we were out, like I said, all last weekend. Um, my dog got to go hang out with our good friend, and he did fantastic with her. So, Super. Uh, didn't have any issues there. So, um, he's currently chilling with me in the office because he likes sleeping in here. So, nice. <laughs> so yeah, everything's everything's going good. But uh, we do have a lot to talk about tonight, uh, and we do have a lot to talk about in regards to Modern Horizons Two, aka What the Fuck Wizards. Oh. <laughs> Man, there is so much going on. We could talk about cards all night on this set. We probably could actually. But let me let me count here. One, two, three. Four. There, I so I started working on my second part of my set review for next week uh, for my legacy article already. And I guarantee, geez, let me just do a quick estimate here. Well, I I was going to say, as of our recording right now, which is after 9 p.m. Eastern time on Friday the 28th of May, there have been 32 new to modern reprints. So I am currently 26 cards deep in my legacy article Jeez. to talk about because there is that much in this set that is just absolutely wildly out there. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is the evoke cycle. Oh I think is going God, to be absurd. the most weirdly silly and absurd part of uh, the format is going to be the Evoke Cycle. We haven't seen the red one yet. No, but it makes me wonder when they print these. Like, these would be great in modern, not realizing legacy players are going to want to play this stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Right? No, I think the... 
I have a hard time evaluating the blue one. That one because seems pretty weak to me. That one, I think, is probably the weakest one shown so far. Mm-hmm. It doesn't play well with the ephemerate stuff like the, like the black one does. Right. But it's good, and, but it's also like... The problem is, is like it's a tempo swing that involves your opponent being to choose, getting to choose where it goes. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't like that. Uh, and it only hits if it bounced a creature or a planeswalker. I think it would be better. Yeah. If, if it ventured, if, yeah. Yeah. If, but because it like memory lapses it, it feels a little awkward. So I don't know. Maybe it's good. I think it's probably okay, but I don't think it's like backbreaking. Solitude, on the other hand, that card is absurd. Right, yes. Uh, Solitude is definitely not subtle uh, in uh, regards no, to what it does. No, no, no. It's, it, it's Source of Plowshares, and uh, I've already started like poking at like how to adjust the, the Vile Elementals uh, deck to play for Solitude, because... Mm-hmm. It's an effect that deck was really missing because you wanted to play a lot of creatures. Yeah. But you couldn't, and which meant you couldn't actually play Swords to Plowshares. Yep. Because you had to play cards like Ancient Ziggurat and Cavernous Souls and Unclaimed Territory to oh enable your, to enable you to cast your elementals. Cavern, but it also, Cavernous Souls naming elemental. Now you just flash in Solitude for three and two white and you have yeah. an uncounterable removal spell. Or, or you vial it in on five, like, well, you know. Well, sure, but still. You know, but, like, yeah, so, like, I'm like, okay, so I'm immediately starting with, like, four Flicker Wisp. I'm immediately starting with, Wait a minute. you know, four. This has four lifelink? Sol- yeah, it has lifelink, too. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> like, you're immediately starting with, like, Flicker Wisp. You're immediately starting with um, Unsettled Mariner, mm-hmm. which is, like, the best elemental. <laughs> uh, Voice of Resurgence, uh, you know, this card. Uh, there are a ton of white-based elementals that are also white other color. Uh, and it's a weird deck because you're also playing a bunch of red cards, too. Because mm-hmm. you have to play uh, Flamekin Harbinger and, like, Thunderkin Awakener and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because that Thunderkin Awakener, if you could pump it any, is just, like, super good. Um, so, also, like, being able to, like, recur Flicker Wisps is hilarious. Uh, with it nice but uh so you have to play a whole like a bunch of stuff but i think it'll work uh i don't think i can play the blue one in there because the deck is already like kind of taking a slivers approach approach and playing force of will okay and so i i feel like you just play force of will if you can uh, if you can support playing a, a blue pitch spell you just gotta play force of will well let, instead of let, the, let, the let, let's go over them for, for those who may, may not know like for instance the yeah. first one you mentioned was subtlety it's yeah, subtlety. two and two blue Creature, Elemental, Incarnation, Flash, Flying, so, alright, decent, so 3-3. Three, three. Uh, yeah. When it enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or Planeswalker spell. Its owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library. You can evoke this into play, meaning it, it can come into play, but it sacrifices on resolution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can evoke it into play by exiling a blue card from your hand. So... Well, actually, Evoke is actually a trigger. Oh, that's right. It, it, it yeah, comes into so, play and it triggers. Yes. And it checks to whether you cast it or evoked it or right. something like that. So so what happens is uh, you, when you put it into play, you, uh, you, you get an Evoke trigger mm-hmm. and you get the other trigger. Uh, yep. And you can order those triggers however you want. Right, which gives you time so. to cast Ephemerate to essentially blink it out of play and back into play making a new game object. Yeah. 
Now, this card doesn't play so well with uh, Ephemerate. Yeah. Uh, not really. Uh, like, you have to have, like, a couple things on the stack in order to be, to get uh, get it with Ephemerate. Like, yeah. Uh, so, like, that doesn't really play so well, but, um, and neither actually does Solitude. For you know, uh, amazingness. Uh, Solitude is three, three white, white, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, they're all these are all elemental incarnations. We aren't going to bother saying that again. Right. These are all the same creature type. Uh, it's a flash lifelinker that when it enters the battlefield, you exile up to one other target creature, and it yeah, creatures control or gains life equal to its power. It's a three two. You evoke it for uh, exiling a white card for pitching a white card. And they're all mythic, so they're going to be all like ridiculous amounts of money on pre order. Yeah. Uh, so this is a source of plushers that hits Emrakul, right? Uh, which is I think is really important. Um, I think this will probably end up replacing like Path to Exile and some of the like legacy like Death and Taxes lists, where you, you already have a, a a great amount of white cards. Oh, from the sideboard. Cat from the sideboard yeah, yeah. usually usually they'll play like path and like the sideboard mm-hmm. or whatnot as an extra exile effect i think this just straight replaces that oh yeah <laughs> like, I, I could see that like where this is so good in like your show and tell mirrors where like they're like oh I'll put put this into play off a show and tell uh, oh my the other God. one the other i think did we talk about grief last week I don't remember. I, I, we might. Have. I don't think we did, but we can cover it here because that card right. is Gr- so grief. <sighs> grief is where a, like one of the strongest, where the ephemerate really actually matters. Yeah, uh, because grief is a uh, two black black for um, uh, three two with menace. But when it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non land card from it. The player discards that card. Uh, so you can play this on turn one by pitching a black card, and then order the trigger so that you evoke trigger on the stack first, and then the unmasked trigger. Then you get to look at their hand and see if they have force negation or not. And if they have force negation, you take their force negation. Mm-hmm. And then you cast Ephemerate with the Evoke trigger still on the stack. And then you get to take another card out of their hand. And then you get to rebound Ephemerate the next turn and take another card. Yep. So, like, that's, like, three cards. So whether or not that deck is good or not, I don't know. Like, I think it's probably a reasonable thing, but that has to line up a lot of the time. It, yeah, like, it feels very magical Christmas landing. Yeah. Now. In modern, uh, if you're wanting to do that, you can also play. Uh, was it Cloud Shift? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have uh, a rebound, so you only no. get that blink effect once. But still, you at least get it. And then you get a three-two menace on the next turn. Like, right, that's that's not bad. Uh, the green one is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the green one is a uh, one green green uh, for a flash reach. Uh, three, four, when it enters the battlefield, up to one target player puts all the cards from their graveyard on the bottom of their library in a random order. Okay. Uh, so and, any deck endurance. that, in like, and any deck that plays Force of Vigor and Legacy mm-hmm. alongside a, a, a sideboard that, let me put, okay, let, let, let me rephrase that. Any deck that plays four Force of Vigor and Legacy, so Hogak, Elves, those kinds of decks that are playing for Force of Vigor in their sideboard. Yeah, where their color oh, identity yeah. is capital G and then Yeah, the yeah. Color. Well, where where when you're playing four of a pitch card in your sideboard, yeah. you're expecting to pitch it. Yeah. You're not expecting to hard cast that card, you're expecting to pitch. Oh no, you're not paying you, full retail you, for that. No. And, and you're and you're playing four in your sideboard because you're boarding all four in, four in so that you see them in your opening hand. Mm-hmm. And so any deck that plays this is usually playing four leyline. In the sideboard as well. Elves plays four Leyline. Uh, Hogak plays four Leyline. This is just like almost way better than four Leyline in most cases. Yep. Uh, I don't think... There are a few S, uh, exceptions to that. 
I don't think this is better against Reanimator. Uh, and the reason I say that is Reanimator can, can has ways to shuffle their library. Right, and search it and, too, right? And search it, and they can just rebuild. Right. So if they have another Entomb in hand, they can just Entomb again yep. and get their thing. So in those cases, like Leyline or Surgical or stuff like that is, is still going to be good. Uh, but against, like, Oops All Spells? Mm-hmm. Against... Um, oh, especially if you do it in response, like, oh, they have oops all spells. They, they, um, you kind of priced into doing it in response to like a therapy or something like that, but that they can't, um, Thassa's Oracle that turn. So right. like, uh, but if like you do get to a point where like they stumble into like Thassa's Oracle, trying to dread return Thassa's Oracle, mm-hmm. then you just like flash this in and put all their cards back in their library, and Thassa's Oracle does nothing. Right. And then they can't win the game. Yeah, like, you, you mentioned that with uh, in pre-show about Doom, Doomsday. Doomsday, yes. Doomsday, like, they're going to end up with four car- three or four cards in their graveyard, mm-hmm. and they're going to cast Thassa's Oracle with an empty graveyard. Yep. Or an empty library. And you're just going to do this, and they're going to be like, oh, I guess I lose. Yep. Like, it's, it's just what it does. It just makes them lose. So, uh, probably okay against Hogak. Uh, there's also, uh, an estimation because it targets a player that those decks can also use it in response to mass graveyard hate. Mm-hmm. Like say you get rav trapped or whatever, like play say you're playing Hogak and you're going through the motions and they rav trap you. I'm going to flash this in and target myself and shuffle my graveyard, put my graveyard back on top of my library, right. on the bottom of my library. And I have a three, four of reach. Like that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. With, like, so, with reach, how many people are right. going to forget that? Right, that's not bad. So, like, that that estimation of, okay, well, I save my stuff from being exiled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, and then I can fetch and I can, you know, continue going if they don't have another Rav Trap or they don't have another effect that makes, you know, my graveyard go away. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's really good. The red one we haven't seen yet. Uh, I'm assuming the red one's probably going to be just as stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. either that or it's going to be, like, the worst one of the bunch. Well, I mean, um, if we look at the casting costs, the white one was five, and the blue and black ones were four. The green one is three. What the red one is two. Yeah, uh, I've also seen some like, uh, you know, thing where like people say it could be like cave in, uh, as like the effect, the uh, pyroclasm effect. Okay. Which would be pretty good. She. Oh my like, god! A, a pitch pyroclasm. Yeah, like, because that's oh, what cave-in is. No. Cave-in cave is uh, a sorcery. You may act, remove a red card from your hand. From Arcanian Mass, it costs three and a three red-red mm-hmm. on the top, but it says you can exile a, a red card from your hand, set a pain its mana cost, and it deals two damage to each creature in each player. Jeez. Oh so, like, staple that to a creature that is possibly big enough to, sub- to uh, live through that. Right. Like, make it like a 2-4. A or something like that. Yeah, or, or like, heck, even a 1-4 with double strike. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. So, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it's going to have a keyword for sure. It'll probably be double strike. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that would be... and then when you need to, just restoran- Restoration Angel, just boop, blink that. Right, yeah. I mean, oh that also probably works God. well with Ephemerate. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> like, like, you let the trigger resolve or mm-hmm. whatever, and then you Ephemerate it, yep. and you get to do 4 damage to the table. Instead of a two, and you still save it because you've blinked it. Jeez. So yeah, so yeah, those those are really busted. Uh, there's a couple other cards in this set that are just 
there's some that's the, I think the biggest issue with the set is there's so much. Should Evoke uh, have only been at sorcery speed? I don't know. Well, but see the thing is, Evoke it's not Evoke that's that has uh that has um timing restrictions. Okay. It's the cards themselves. Oh, I see. So like 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 grief, you can't evoke that at instant speed. It doesn't have flash. But everything else has flash. Right. But yet the black one is like the best one. <laughs> oh, because yeah. it's un because it's unmask. Uh like I think that's the best thing. Like uh the black one being like the best one is just kind of super hilarious because it is literally the best one. Well, so at far. this rate the red one probably is at sorcery speed too. Yeah, that would be my guess. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, I have a feeling the so the black one's definitely going to see play in also in vintage. Holy cow! Uh, because you have bizarre, uh, you have vengevine. Uh, like, that's the other thing about all these cards. These are all creatures. Mm-hmm. They all trigger like cards like vengevine. Uh, so, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, so, hey guys, remember force negation? Remember yeah, that yeah. we're putting it as a foil and collector's boosters. Now it's unplayable. Yeah. Well, now it's not likely you, to be played because you have these creatures. You can't force a negation these. Right. Like, like, we're we're going to invalidate the card we printed two years ago because we want to make more money. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I think force a negation will still be played. Oh, yeah. Just, you know. Um, <sighs> we have our... we ha- I, what, I, what I do like about this set so far is the amount of flavor... In regards to a lot of like old characters, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we have we have Dakin, uh, we have Dakin's uh, arch enemy, arch nemesis, uh, Gaedron Dahada, uh, who has only ever been referenced on a single Magic card before this set ever, uh, and that was Lore from Fifth Edition. Uh, but Gaedron was actually fleshed out hugely in the comic books mm-hmm. that they did about Dakin. Uh, and so, uh, Gaedron is the, uh, she's a demon planeswalker who convinced Dakin to make the black blade. And then when he got done with it, she came back and she stabbed him with it and, and put his soul into it. And she, and, and then made him a planeswalker. And yeah, so <laughs> it, she is super wild. Uh, they also kind of, um, emphasize that uh, flavor of Dakin being like one of the central characters of this set mm-hmm. by having also um, the Elder Dragon Piru the Volatile. Yeah, I uh, noticed that. Do you think we'll get the other uh, wedge color Elder Dragons here? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Piru makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason Piru makes the most sense here is because Piru is the Elder Dragon that Dakin slayed. Right. In the comic books. So, um, uh, Dakin killed Piru, uh, f- and, uh, allowed Gaedron to gain her power, uh, essentially. So, uh, yeah, so that's, I think that's cool. There's a lot of old school characters here. We've got Karst the Lion. We've got, um, the, the Underworld Cookbook chick, uh, whose name I'm not even going to bother to pronounce. As a... Uh, Card-carrying member of uh, a a cleric of Bane. We do not deal in demons, even though demons and magic are really devils. But we Mm -hmm. don't deal in demons, and we also don't sell our souls over or make bargains with uh, uh, devils or even demons. 
So, you know, we want to bind them to our will, not the other way around. So, yeah, I will not attempt to pronounce... Uh, as as a, more adult. Asmo Cardicar or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, she's cool, though. The card's sweet. Oh, like, like I... Yeah, like... The card, the card that they... The name is so long that it doesn't have a mana cost because the name would not fit on the card with, with a mana cost. Right. Not only does it not have a mana cost, but I don't think you can cascade into this card. Like, you can, like, Ancestral Vision or anything like that. Oh, no. It, it, if it doesn't have a mana cost, you can definitely cascade into oh, it. Oh, good lord. Yeah, because it would have uh, convert, It would have mana value of zero. Don't tell the the, Jun, mon, the modern Jun board on Facebook, because they're like, oh, <laughs> or these auto-include. Here we go, no, boys. No, this, this card is not good in that deck. Like that, That's the problem with that deck, is like you have to... The, the Underworld cookbook is not exactly like the greatest thing. No, this is definitely uh, a commander. Uh, oh yeah, commander oh yeah. Inclusion. It's a cool commander card, though. Right, like super cool. And it's, uh, it's a we, human wizard too, which is very important right. in like the the cast decks. Right, uh, Karf the Lion. Uh, we also got the OG, mm-hmm. OG of original Magic novels, and that's Garth One Eye, uh, who is the OG. Like, if you've ever read the Magic novel Arena, that is the OG Magic novel. You know, we're, uh, do we really want to go over, like, every single card we talk about? Like, tell them what... No, we don't have to. We don't... No, we don't have to go that far. Look, I, I mean... All right, so of the cards you, you I'm gonna, just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say Party on, Garth. Party on, Karth. <laughs> Garth. Karth. Garth. Party on, Garth. Party on, Grist. <laughs> right. Because we got uh, Karth the Lion and Garth One-Eyed. That's not confusing yeah. at all, is it? No, no, no. Um, But no, of the cards you mentioned, like, the one I like, I... I kind of like Dakon a, a little Dakon's bit. Dakon's sweet. I Dakon's mean, sweet. We get, card's awesome. We get an Esper Planeswalker, folks. Yes. Um, like, that has Surveil on it. Yeah. Repeatable Surveil. His, like. his plus one is Surveil. Surveil two, even. Yeah. He exiles a, 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 creature, a creature for minus three. And then his minus six, you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard, which you probably put it there because of Surveil. Just onto the battlefield. It's yeah. Fine. Oh, and, and he enters, and he also has zero loyalty starting. But he enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters equal to the number of lands you control. LOL. Just like yeah, his original so. card. Yeah. Which, so which that spiked because of his inclusion, by the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my so of the planeswalkers that are in the set because there's three there's the three planeswalkers. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is Grist the Hunger Tide. I think this card is insane. Like it's so interesting, and it it Uh, can be your commander because of its static. From what I understand, they're they're going to uh, have a rules update that will come that will address that. Right, right. yeah, they said they were going to have something because it's a one green and a black, uh, or actually one black and a green. Uh, legendary planeswalker grits. It's a um, three loyalty starting, but as long as is it's not on the battlefield, it is a one one insect creature in addition to its other types. Uh, so there's a lot of wild shit you can do with this card. Mm-hmm. You can green sun zenith for this card. You can collected company for this card. You could cast it with a Lurin. You can cast it with food chain mana. I don't know why you would ever want to do this. This is a planeswalker that you cannot force a negation. Right. Because it's a creature on the stack. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's all, like, you can put Necrotic Ooze into play with this in your graveyard. 
and it, you can make Necroticus gain loyalty abilities. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Alright. Uh, we are 35 minutes into our podcast. Joe just broke me in half. <laughs> you can yeah. do what with ne- Necroticus again? If you, if, you, if you put Necroticus into play with all this is in your graveyard, it gains the loyalty abilities. But how does that benefit Necronicus? It, it just you does. can you can you can just plus it. Like you basically okay. So the loyalty abilities have loyalty abilities themselves have a inherent timing restriction that says you can only play you can only activate one of them per turn. Sure. Or whatnot. So you can still only activate one loyalty ability per turn. But uh, Necronicus won't have any loyalty counters on it at first. But you can plus it and activate Grist's, Grist's first ability. And then you can as soon as soon as you get enough loyalty counters, you can activate his other the other abilities. So the counters, the loyalty counters, would still be placed on Necroticus, right? Yes, yes. All right, but they when they <laughs> when they attack, if you block with Necroticus, the loyalty counters it, don't go away. It, no, because it's not a planeswalker. Because right. it doesn't, ha- yeah. Because it's not a planeswalker. And if you have but that's a if you have grits in play, also with Necroticus, you essentially can. You're activating it twice. Yes. Yes. Holy yeah. crap! What? Uh, so so let's talk about what this card does because it's wild. It's not just the fact that it's an insect. Uh, it's uh it's plus one as it creates a one one black and green insect creature token, mm-hmm. and then you mill a card. And if you mill an insect the card this way. Then you put a loyalty counter on Grist and you repeat the process. Yeah, so if you mill uh, a Grist, you... Yeah, if you mill going. another Grist, you keep going. Um, it's minus two as you may sacrifice a creature when you do destroy target creature or planeswalker, which is absolutely absurdly good. Uh, and it's minus five is uh, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. So the ultimate is just okay. Uh, yeah. It's really like the value engine of the two top abilities that make it really good. Uh, I've heard people talking about playing this in Maverick, uh, because you can, again, because you can green, green sun, sun scene as a, for a planeswalker. And on top of uh, that, you're you're making uh, additional creatures with it. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, mm. it's, oh my god, it's, it's very good. You, um, you know what card would be good with the plus one? Mm. Lingering souls. I mean, maybe that's not an insect, but. I guess putting it in the graveyard is fine to right. flash it back. But. You know what else uh, would be good with this uh, plus one? Hmm. Conspiracy. Yes. Yeah. Now nah, it just mill, it mill any creature and it's an insect. Everything. All the cards <laughs> in your deck are now insects. Jesus. Holy crap. Yeah. I, I love this card a lot. Like, I think it's neat. Plus one. Uh, Here's my army. My graveyard is in my library. Or my library is in my graveyard. Play Lab right. Maniac. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, there it so, is. There, there's your deck, folks. Uh, we've got just... Jesus Christ. There's so many stupid things. Uh, like... By, by the way, much... that's a drinking game now. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, and it's not in the show notes. Anytime that we say, Jesus Christ, there's so many stupid things, or something similar, take a drink. Yep. Uh, I'm already drinking. So, uh, there's a there's a green there's a green herborg. Uh, yeah, let, let's like, talk about like, what the, the, the implications fuck? for that and legacy. Yavamaya, Cradle of Growth, uh, Quirion Ranger plus Guy's Cradle and Legacy. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be that you're definitely going to see at least one copy in elves decks. Oh, yeah, one, uh, one to two, depending on how many wastelands are one, riding around. One to two. Uh, it's also really good in legacy lands. Uh, yeah. Because if you figure how many lands, legacy lands runs that do, does not produce green mana. Um, it's quite a bit. Wasteland, Port, Maze of Ith, Tabernacle yep. doesn't produce mana at all. Oh my god. You could tap. Hold on. So yeah. you have Tabernacle in play, and you have this. And you could tap Tabernacle for green mana to pay for your Elvish Reclaimer. Yeah, or just, like, to cast Life and Law. Right. Like, that's the thing, like, like that's the thing, like, green mm-hmm. mana is so important to... Do we play it in Dredge? No. In Modern? No. I don't think so. I don't think you need to. Okay. I think that deck has enough of a mana base to fetch lands with. Like, you play enough fetch lands in that deck that you sure. can fetch any color that you need. Yeah. Like, and at, and at best, those colors are going to be red, green, and white now. Yeah, because uh, and and fetching stomping ground into sacred foundry is not that bad. No, it's not. so no or or going like fetch sacred foundry into copperline gorge, like oh we don't yeah. even play copperline gorge anymore. Uh, the list I have is playing one copperline just for the, but uh, you can also play like mana confluence and you can also sure. play gemstone mine. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. rainbow rainbow lands are fine. Right, like now the the, the trick you mentioned with querying ranger and. Guy's Cradle, you can kind of do that in Modern now because uh, the Ranger is coming to Modern. Yeah. You would just do it with, um, oh my God, what's that card from Theros? Where you pay two and you get devotion to... Nykthos. Yeah, you can do yeah. it with Nykthos. So you, yeah. you'd have to have all three in play, but you'd activate yeah. Nyko, Nykthos, bounce it, uh, play it again, activate it again to get your... Yeah. Bizarre mana or whatever. I think where this is going to shine in the Legacy Elves equation mm-hmm. is saving cradles from Wasteland. Oh yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna go to Wasteland. You you're gonna bounce cradle with Courier and Ranger, right? And that's that's actually just a really fantastic play. Yep. And then that and then again, you're gonna open up the lines of tap cradle for mana, bounce cradle, replay cradle. <laughs> like it opens those those games where do you want two cradles, mm-hmm. but you don't have another cradle in hand. Right. And that's probably pretty good. So, yeah. Seems card, card. You might even see this see play in uh, Depths, uh, okay. in addition to Urborg, just for redundancy. Right. Uh, like, you it's might not, not as... You might not have the green man to crop rotation or whatever. Right, right, yeah. So, like, I think that that's also probably... The number mm-hmm. of games I've played against Urborg where they go Thespian Stage... Um, other colorless land like it's just like really like they go thespian stage dark depths and you're just and then they don't have an urborg to like follow it up and they have to rely on like naturally getting there whereas like this just adds extra redundancy to that joe what if they print a green vampire hex mage to make depth please no no No, please no i mean i'm now like green's taking everything else now here now here's the scary implications of this card right okay let's just pretend this card is not a cycle Please, can we just pretend this card is an eye cycle? Because I don't want to see the rest of them. Well, I mean, there's going to be Modern Horizons three. I, I do not want. More... I I do not want to see the rest of them. Right, but I there's going to be Modern Horizons three in two years I to search for I do stock. You know, because you, you know why? Because the second they print a red one, Jesus Christ, they have to ban Valakit everywhere. 
This sounds so plain, stupid. Plain and simple. They, the second they print a red one, yeah. they have to ban Valakut everywhere. It's just that dumb. Well, the second they print a blue one, Mystic Sanctuary. <laughs> Thank God that's already banned in Modern. Right. Like, but, like, I think I think the only other one I could see is that a white one would be the safest one. <laughs> is that bad? Which that is, the white one is the safest one. Which is crazy, because like, white has had damn near everything taken from them. And, and, and it's getting a lot of that back in this set. Like, dear God. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, Solitude is pretty sweet. I mean, you it's know. not just that. Like, also, like, they're getting cards Wait, like... That the... Yeah, that was the white one. Yeah. Um, Esper Sentinel uh, is... Gosh, damn absurd. Lord. Like, like you you play, like, Luminarch Aspirant, or you play something that pumps it. And play this in multiples, and your opponent is you're just drawing cards every turn. So there's this card uh, called Thalia's Lieutenant mm-hmm. that will make this a two-two when Thalia's Lieutenant comes into play. Yeah, and this is a human. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. As for Sentinel, one white artifact creature, human soldier. That's a one-one. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, mm-hmm. you draw a card unless that player plays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. Yep. That's just, gosh. So even, Luminarch Aspirant is a human. Even if you uh, play this and your opponent bolts it, cool, I'll draw a card. Cause, right, Because they, yeah. they can't pay the X. Right, right. Um, also, they're getting uh, Sanctifier Invec, uh, which has got the Dredge Discord just all upset. <laughs> this, this, I, to hmm. be fair, this is a reasonable card to be upset about, honestly, from a Dredge player perspective, especially in Modern. The current dredge decks in modern, as they are built yeah. with their sideboard, cannot beat this card. Not just dredge, but also storm. Storm, yeah. They just like, like all all of your removal is red based. Good luck finding your one repeal in storm to right. bounce this guy. Right. So this is this is double white for a two two creature human cleric pro black pro red. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you exile all cards that are black or red from all graveyards. And if a black or red permanent spell or card not on the battlefield will be put into a graveyard, exile instead. So, so no rest in peace. It's rest in peace for black and red cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing about this card is it's a two-two, and you want to know why that matters? Because plague engineer. No, no, that's not why it matters. Guess what card is getting reprinted into modern Scott? That is legacy. That was legacy legal and is now going to be modern legal. It is a red card. Pun- Hello, everybody, to Imperial Recruiter. Oh, that. Oh, jeez. Oh, god. You have to consider every hate bear now, <sighs> and whether or not it is recruiterable or not, because yeah. this one is. Yeah, because that's, <sighs> and it goes just fine because. And pure recruiters a human. Right. So, hu- so humans humans got swole, bruh. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, they got they got a lot of stuff in this set. Oh my so, god. Uh and honestly, I could see this card even see him play in Legacy. Uh I want to I would like to play like a strawberry shortcake painter deck where you go I'm going to make everything red with painter servant. Play this card. <laughs> <laughs> Hi! <laughs> Like, oh my god. To quote my sister it, from another it, mister, Aaron Campbell, why are you like this? <laughs> right? So, yeah. Like, the problem is... Well, and even in Legacy. Like, you play this against Dredge in Legacy, how do they beat it? 
Because 90% of their removal is either, like, stuff like Firestorm or Abrupt Decay or Assassin's Trophy. And none of those things hit this thing. No. Like, that's Um, the real problem. Like, I've seen talk about the Modern Dredge just in Modern Dredge where they're likely either going to have to look look at, like, cards like Engineered Explosives or um, Path Exile. Now that we're playing white in that deck, you could easily slot in Path Exiles in the sideboard. Well, let me see here. Like, there is not, a, there is a tool that Legacy Dredge does use, Stern Dismissal. Uh, Stern Stern Dismissal. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. we usually pack two of those. Yeah. So, uh, but you got to have those like right. on rate. Like that's the hardest part about it. Like it just sucks. Right. And, and here's the thing with a card like this, it, it, more so in Modern probably than in Legacy, where there's one, there's always going to be another. Because once yeah. this set is out, all the people that took their game stocks. Uh, money, their game stonks money, I should say, and ran out and bought Oriok Champions are now going to go get this. Oh, yeah. Because now uh, Jun can't go uh, Plague Engineer named Human and wipe their Oriok Champions off the board. Right, um, so yeah, So th- yeah. this card is a effing problem. It's it's a beater. It, it's And now, again, you have to consider that this card is too durable. Yeah. Like, like these cards, like, like the humans deck is going to look way different after this set. Oh my uh, god! And legacy, it's going to look way different because oh, on legacy for sure. No, no, in modern, oh. it's going to look way different. Imperial recruiter is a human. Yeah. Why would you not play that card? Oh yeah, that card. And then why would you not play four of them and and then play one ofs of the cards that like matter? Yeah, you you have like, you have a toolbox. You'll play like one yeah. to two of every other card. Right. Yeah. Except for like Dahlia and Thalia's lieutenant. Yeah. Like. And maybe Meddling Mage. Like, Meddling Mage might be, like... There might be, like, a few cards that you play as a four of, and then you play a bunch of toolbox one-ups. Yep. Like, because you can tutor them. Like, you don't need to, like, play... You might even need to play Manus Rider anymore. Like, it's just... Which is wild. Right. Because this is just... Because it doesn't get it. Because this card doesn't pick up Manus Rider. So, like, would why they, would you play that card? Would they still play Noble Hierarch? Yeah, because it still... This still cat gets Noble Hierarch. Can they play Ignoble Hierarch? That card's cool. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, some, Segway! Right. John, John Hierarch, some, John Hierarch. Some Jun players want to play Ignoble Hierarch. And I don't know, man. I was hype on this card from day one. Like I think it's great. It, it was, It's green, a creature goblin shaman. Look at the little goblin. He's so um, cute! Has Exalted, so whenever a... Single it's, it, creature attack. It's literally noble hierarch with, but it adds junk. Right, mana. but it adds Jun mana. Um, but, and right down to like the 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 um, power and toughness. This is zero one. Right, right. Like it's literally noble hierarch, except it's Jun. Now here's my uh, thing, and it's not a noble. What what do you <laughs> right? Uh, what do you want to do on turn one, Joe? Do you want to play a zero one exalted creature in a format with a bunch of one mana removal spells and about to get some evoke? Uh, uh, elementals, know. or do you want to thought seize your opponent? I think there's, I think there's a reasonable. There, it may not be current the current meta game, but I think there's a reasonable meta game where this is good. Sure. Uh, it may not be right now, but I wouldn't discount it. Right. And I would, I, and I wouldn't, and and if it's something that you're like a Jun player and you have like your toolbox of Jun cards, like that you just play, like that you know that you play. Yeah. I I think you have a play set of these just in case. Uh, because I think this is just. I think it's really good. Like there, there think, is about to be a shift. I, I think with like modern's going to get like they're 
and I'll, we'll talk about this later, but Modern's getting so fast, they're trying to bring fast uh, cards that answer the standard design mistakes that has made it so fast. They're trying to equal that out. Yeah. But it's getting to a push-pull point where something's going to burst. And oh, yeah. a card like this, once we get to that point where, say, if they dial Modern back a turn, where it's a turn five format, yeah, this card's going to be straight gas. Oh, yeah. You just oh, yeah. slam this and then slam either uh, a Season Pyromancer, if you're still playing it, or, or, or uh, Lily on the Veil, or or if you Clothes. go uh, Clothis, or <laughs> if, you go, Clothes. if you go Removal Spell or Discard Spell into a, um, a Kroxa, or right. uh, a Removal Spell into a Bob. What like the the possibilities are endless, but we're just not there yet. Like yeah, oh yeah. Like when I'm playing Jund, I want I hate saying playing it like control decks. There's no counter spells, but I what I want to focus on is taking the card in your hand that's going to beat me if I don't remove it, and then removing your early threats off the board. Right. And then playing my threats and getting you to react to me at my level. I'm right. not trying playing this card. Is like trying to race the opponent. That that's not where I can be with Jund right uh, right now. But yeah, so do, so do, it's yeah. a forty dollar uh, pre order card right now, which is yeah, stupid. Just, this I would is just hold. this is a print to demand set. Yeah, I would just hold on to that. Oh, and just wait. Yeah. yeah. Never pre-order anything. Oh no. Uh, uh, let's see here. Do we think that uh, green Gaia, green Yogmoth will is not going to be broken? Like that's. Oh no, that that's completely safe card. Matter of fact, safe. Yeah, it's the exact they... same text as Yogmoth will. Why don't they give us blue Yogmoth will or right? white Yogmoth yeah. will? They were already yeah. giving us a red one. Yeah, that was uh, Underworld Breach. Right. Yeah, we, we so... saw, and that was that actually uh, required mana to pay. Where this, you just suspend right? it. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of silly. Um, let's see here. Um, you got some, you got some notes here about modular cards. There's a lot of modular cards. That's a big um, mechanic in the set. Aaron Forsyth uh, mentioned in the stream this week, which was yesterday actually, that they're wanting people to play with their Arcbound Ravagers again. And I'm like, they are already. It's called Hardened Scales. <laughs> like,. I do really like the one card that is like kind of super cool, but doesn't go, actually go in the hardwood scales deck, and that's the the, the legendary modular because its abilities cost red and white, uh, and that's uh, Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp, which is a uh, modular one, and it's like uh, it's a zero zero, and it's if a modular triggered ability would uh, put one or more plus one plus one counters on a creature you control, that you put that that many plus one plus one plus one counters are put on it instead. But it has red destroy target artifact you control. Mm -hmm. So you can blow up your modular stuff, which is cute. And then uh, white, it gains flying until end of turn. Right. Like, and, and I think so that's that's adorable. Like, it's a cute card. It's a legendary artifact creature insect. Oh my god, it goes into <laughs> just the Gris, the Gris, the Gris deck. deck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I like this because, well, because this is probably really good in, um, in Limited. Mm -hmm. Especially because the um, red white, I think, is like the um, the affinity slash like uh, like modular. The, the artifacts matter. Modular. Yeah, artifacts yeah. matter. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Um, there's mana common mana fixing uh, that are artifact lands <laughs> that all enter the battlefield tapped. 
but they're also all indestructible. Right, which Saffron, I thought was hilarious that Saffron Olive missed that. He's like, what if this happens and they blow up your lands and da 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 and I'm just, I'm staring at the screen, I'm like, that's just indestructible. Like, indestructible. I would never want to really actually play a Taplin Legacy, but right. some of these like actually might make sense in some of the decks that want to have artifact lands. Yeah, based on their color inclusion things. Like well, that, especially yeah. decks like Emery decks, mm-hmm. uh, where you care more about the fact that you're playing a like, say, like you want to have like a turn one Mox Opal turned on and use the Mox Opal to cast Emery. Mm-hmm. So you're, pay, you're playing, like, a Bobble and a Mox Opal and, and an Artifact Land, which is usually Seed of the Synod, whatever. But you play one of these, and even though it comes into play tapped, it's indestructible, they can't Wasteland you. Right. Uh, and you still get to cast Emery for blue. Now, fortunately, you can't fetch these. They don't have basic land types, so yeah, we're good there. Yeah, that's fine. They're all common, too. I will admit, I didn't notice they were indestructible at first. Yeah, uh, I, I did the whole enhance enhance meme. Uh, there are there are ten of these too for yeah, each color combination, what, which so. they're included for uh, limited purposes. Uh, oh yeah, totally understandable. Uh, they're wanting people to draft this set that is not uh, three ninety nine a booster pack, huh? Imagine if they made it three ninety nine a booster pack. People <laughs> might be able to draft this, which was the primary reason why these cards were included. Hmm, math meme. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, people are, are thinking that Affinity is back in modern and I'm like, uh, there's no, there's no it's, understanding of what is going, no, no, here's the thing. There's no understanding of what the far, format is really going to look like until we have the whole set in front of us. And even then we don't know what the format's going to look like. It's going to depend when the set releases right. and what people try. Right. And like, that's just it. That's what it boils down to. This set has so many layers to it. Well, I, I've explained this to a couple people. Yeah. The set has so many layers to it. And what's going to happen is there's going to be a very clear, very clear, like, busted thing. Mm-hmm. Or whatnot. Like, just like we have with Modern Horizons. How Modern Horizons had Hogak. Hogak was exceptionally busted. Uh, what happened when they banned Hogak? Oh, Arkham's Astrolabe kind of popped up and started being, like, kind of busted mm-hmm. uh, in Modern. Like... This, that's what I mean. The set has layers. There's going to take, like, a banning, and then there's going to be another card that's going to pop up, and then they're going to ban that, and then there's going to be three other cards that are going to pop up. Yeah, but I... That are going to be, like, just as disgusting. I so, don't... Outside of Amulet of Vigor or Valakut, I'm just spitballing off the top of my head. Uh, I mean, obviously, I want to say Loris, because, you know... Yeah. F the Companions. I hate them. But... Um, I really don't see anything that's currently, quote, bannable in, in Modern. It's just a bunch of, like, design mistakes. Mm-hmm. But the decks are just too fast, where nothing is, quote-unquote, broken. Or right. 20% of the meta, or whatever. And, and a lot of it also has to do with the fact that we haven't played in paper. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes that kind of balances the data out a little bit, as far as what people are actually playing. Because, like... I think we've talked about this before on the show where, you know, people don't take their storm decks on the moto to play them unless they have no other alternative to play that because of all the clicking. Or they are storm experts. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. there's just so much clicking that you have to do. uh, And then the the timer uh, is kind of more your enemy in that instance than it would be in paper. But, yeah, like Um, we, a lot of us want 
to see Affinity back. Uh, I don't think... We do? Well, in modern... Wait, wait, wait. With Mox Opal. There's people that do? There's people that want Mox Opal in band? Who are these people? Well... Because they, they want to play Affinity. They want to just dump out their hand, pl- they're, put they're, on they're never going to get They're never going to get Mox Opal back. I, I know, because... Uh, I hate to tell you this. That's the, not happening. It's like, sweet, Mox Opal's banned on being one of the artifact lands. That was one of the things people were talking about when Mox Opal was banned. Hey, hey, you've got ten right here. Right, Wizard's like, well... Play, play those. Coming into play untapped is too good. Let's make them come into play tapped, and then let's just make them indestructible. And it's like, oh my... That lessens the downside of them coming into play tap on tap or playing play tapped. Like uh, the only one I see of these being played, really, at least at the moment, is the green white one, the thorn glint bridge, uh, because yeah. usually those are the colors that are played in um, in hard scales. Maybe yeah. even the green black one if, if people go the fatal push route if they're wanting right. uh, black. But I think with just like with what you said with um, uh. That, that dredge hoser, that double white card. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to be seeing more white base removal, more path to exile, more solitude. Right. Uh, to try and deal with that card. Uh, I will also mention that uh, besides the fact that we're getting a lot of weird-ass squirrel cards. Um, yeah, what was it? Squirrel Monday? Was, was, yeah, is that what yeah, this past yeah, Monday was? Yeah. Uh, we are also getting a lot of cards that they're reprinting into modern that they're attempting to push archetypes that may not have had that like actual support in modern well, well actually uh, be- before we get there i, I want to mention that aaron forsyth i guess played squirrels when it was a deck and now his position in watsi is what it is and that was kind of like his push or inclusion with yeah. squirrels and during future future league it like dominated modern so they had to actually tone squirrels down a lot <laughs> that's great uh the one one that I saw that I was really happy to see kind of get some, like, love mm-hmm. uh, is Enchantress. Uh, so, like, we are getting not only Enchantress's presence, but we're getting cards like Solitary Confinement and um, Sterling Grove. And also we're getting a two-mana has to survive to another turn. Uh, tap, that's a Sanctum Weaver, uh, one and a green, uh, Enchantment Creature Dryad for a zero-two. Tap, add X mana, mana of any one color where X is the number of enchantments you control. So it's like a Sarah Sanctum. Right, but you can it, add any a, mana. Yeah, but it has to survive return. Now, here's the like, thing, right? It's, it's a lot different than uh, Sarah Sanctum. But I think it's cool that they're adding support for an, uh, an, uh, an archetype that doesn't have a deck, really, in modern. Like, there's no Enchantress deck, really, in modern that's good. Uh, right. Like, well, yeah. Like, one, there, there's some you endure, may see. There's, a, there's enduring ideal. Right. There's some you may see at like your F and M or whatever. Remember F and M's? But I, uh, I remember play. I remember playing enduring ideal, Scott. Right. Now, my my, my greatest memory of of playing at F and M at Epic Loot is playing enduring ideal with um, Phyrexian on life and Solemnity, <laughs> and having to draw a match against another guy there. Who was playing Jeskai Control with Solemnity and Phyrexian Unlife. Oh, good lord. Because neither of us could win the game. We were all, we were never going to lose the game. Either of us, neither of us could lose the game. <laughs> it was just god awful. And we were like, we were like one game in and we were both like sitting there and we're like, 
what do we do? <laughs> and it's like, I guess we just draw and go to the next game. That... And then we drew, and then we drew game two. Oh jeez! And we were like, "Do you just want to intentionally draw?" And he was like, "Yeah, I don't feel like playing these out." That that's the joy of F and M, though. To be honest, <laughs> that is the absolute joy. But um, yeah, like with these re, I count them up. So far, there's thirty two. I mentioned yeah. sort of thirty two reprints of cards that are reprints of cards legal currently in Legacy, but have never made it to modern. And I think part of this is also a push by Gavin Verhey because he wanted Modern to, I think, uh, initially start from the beginning of the Invasion block uh, uh-huh. on forward. So there, there might be some influence there. But there, there's not one, not two, not three LeBron James, but four cards on this coming from Legacy to Modern to make Enchant- Enchantress a thing. Yeah, and it's insane. That's great. It's great. And and then then to the give us is awesome Scott. Then to give us a new, uh, a new Sarah Sanctum essentially. You know, it's great. By the Sanctum. way, it's it's awesome. Like, Enchanted Evening from Lorwyn. Three and either blue or white Azurius because of the hybrid. All permanents. All permanents are enchantments. And just to their other types. So that counts your lands. Yeah. So anytime I see a card says tap at X mana of card type that you control, I'm like, how far can this be pushed? And I'm like, what does Enchanted Evening do again? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. I don't think that, I don't know that that will be played. Like... But but here's the thing, right? We can play a chance where you can cast Emrakul again, Scott. There, there's that, but what you could also do... Also Destiny Spinner. You could load up a bunch of mana, right? Now here... You, like, tap all your lands for their appropriate colors, and then tap uh, the, the card you mentioned, uh, which was the Magic Mike's uh, uh, reveal card. Yeah. Uh, so, you, where'd it go? Yeah, you can tap Sanctum Weaver for blue, let's say, and you have your green and white mana from your lands. And cast upheaval, and then replay all your enchantments. This is true. You could do that. Yes. Um, Uphe- I, upheaval, banned in commander, legal and modern. I I don't think that that is possibly good enough uh, for the enchantment deck. I was just trying think, to segue into upheaval. Yeah, so. yeah. I I so I think what's going to be good is going to be like I think I think we're close. To this deck being good, mm-hmm. I think we're one key printing off of this close. This deck being good, and that card is, um, is um, wild growth. Uh, yeah. Because we have Utopia Sprawl, but you need wild growth. I think to really like yeah. push the having uh, enough one mana accelerants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can like go like wild growth or um, Utopia Sprawl mm-hmm. into uh, turn two uh, Enchantress's presence, and then you can kind of start going from there. Or, uh, but Destiny Spinner is going to be a huge aspect of that deck. Or you, you turn the the format down a notch to a turn five format, and you don't need to have a wild growth or whatever. Yeah, maybe, but like I think the redundancy would be nice. Sure, sure. Like. Uh, so, uh, we've talked a lot about the implications of modern on this, 
I'd like to mention uh, some of the implications this set has on Legacy. Sure. Uh, lesser extent, Vintage. Um, which Scott and I were talking before the pre-show on this, um, uh, the pre-show on this, and uh, essentially, like, what's going to kind of happen with Legacy is that there's going to be a lot of wildly interesting new cards into the format, and then Delver's still going to be tier zero. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's because they are getting cards, too. Uh, like, we've got two cards that Delver is getting out they of the set. They get two one-drops in the set, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get Dragon's Race Channeler and Ragavan Nimble Pilfer. Uh, and uh, Dragon's Race Channeler is probably the better of the two. Uh, I guess that it's probably the better of the two. If you had to play, had to, like, pick one, like, Dragon's Race Channeler is probably better. It's a 1-1 it's a one, one for red. Uh, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you surveil one. Okay. <laughs> It's practically scry. Right. Uh, delirium, as long as there are four or more card types in your graveyard, it gets plus two, plus two, as flying and attacks each combat if able. Uh, so this card's really easily to turn on because you can play, like, stuff like Mistress Bobble or, like, Tarfire, uh, like, to, like, turn it on. Oh, my God, Tarfire. Uh, forgot about that. Oh, yeah. God. The, that, that's uh, two types in one card. Yeah. The Surveil uh, is huge. Mm-hmm. I think um, Bobble is probably the best way to turn it on because Bobble plays really, really well with Expressive Iteration, which is now a four of in pretty much every blue-red Delver deck. Um, and I don't know if you've ever read that card before, but the card's actually from, pretty What What says it from? That's from uh, Strixhaven. Okay, so uh, no. So, so uh. It's blue-red it's, it's blue for, blue for a sorcery. You oh, look that at the card. Top, you look at the top three cards of your library, you put one of them in your hand, one on the bottom, and exile one of them, and you can play the exiled card this turn. Right, which you still have to so, pay its mana cost. Yes, but like if you're exiling a bobble, then you play a free bobble. Like, or if you or if you play it when you have a land drop available, you can play a land. Hmm. So it has become like it's an instant four of and it's in every blue red delver deck now. It's very good. Where do they it's, find the room with their already existent I, blue shell? I I know it's wild, but it's it's in there. Like there are four of them in every deck, and it's okay. absolutely absurd. Like it's a really, really, really good card. That, that uh, yeah, it, you, you reload re, re so quickly. And the fact uh, that you could before um, before dragon rate uh, before dragon's rage channelers uh, surveil. You could pop your bobble, get a peek at the top card before you surveil. Yeah. And if you know that it's a card you want to pitch, you know. Yeah. You cast a spell and then then you surveil it. Yeah. There's some fun, like, interaction with your own cards and deck things going on here. But it's a a red delver. Yeah. It's legit red delver. It's another red delver. Uh, And not only that, it's a red delver that's actually really good versus Plague Engineer. Because think about it this way, Come your opponent on. plays your opponent plays Plague Engineer. Plague Engineer did nothing wrong, but your opponent plays Plague Engineer. Name's human, okay? Yeah. All right. All of your all of your Delvers that you draw from that point and forward of the game are useless. Hooray! Because they come in because they come into play, not flipped. Right. And they and die. zero zeros. Yeah. Yeah, they die. This comes into play with Delirium turned on as a two two. And survives. So, sure. And flies. And flies. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Uh, the other one is um, another card that 
Say, say like, Dragon's Race Channeler is too good. Say they ban Dragon's Race Channeler for some stupid-ass reason. Okay? They, they won't, but... And I'm not yeah. saying it should be banned. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The, theory crap. Theory, theory, you know, blah, blah, blah. If they ever ban Dragon's Race Channeler, mm-hmm. this card sees play immediately. Uh, and that is Ragavan Nimble Pilfer. It is a 2-1 for 1 red. Uh, whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, you may cast that card. And it has dashed for one and a red. Uh, so this is like, I, I was talking, again, I was talking to Scott about these cards in free show. This card is like Goblin Lackey for Delver, except you don't have to play a bunch of goblins to enable it. You get to play Days, Brainstorm, Ponster, Force Will, Force Negation. Like, the, the, the chances of your opponent, this is one of those cards where I'm getting really strong Dreadhorde Arcanist vibes from this card. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Where, where you are putting this into play, your opponent has to answer it immediately, mm-hmm. or counter it, or remove it, or play a creature to block it, uh, which is literally true of every time somebody puts Goblin Lackey into play. This becomes so much of a focus that your opponent may not have an answer for the flip Delver, and you just right. beat him to death with that. Mm-hmm. Or they may not have an answer for the other the other one of these you play. Right. I had to like, read this three times to see that it made a treasure token. That is the meat of the card. Right. That is the best thing about the card is the fact that it makes a treasure token. It's like the fact mode. that the fact that you're exiling a card from your opponent's library is like icing sure. on the cake with this card. Like you don't care. Like if it's a card like I, I've had people make so many mental gymnastics to say that this card is not good. They're like, oh, you can bolt it, you can plow it, you can, you know, put a creature into play. I'm like, that's every creature that comes down on turn one. Well, right. Like, and... like, like, you could do that with Delver. You could bolt Delver. You could plow Delver. Like, there's nothing that stops you from doing that. But you have to have it. Right. And, and, and those people saying that, that you can do all these, I can respond to this with a one-mana removal spell. Good. You're actually building your deck right. You're well, actually I mean, it's, thinking it's not just about that, that stuff. But it's, but it's not that. Right. It's the fact that they're claiming that the card's not playable. Oh, I, I, I know. They're, they're saying that. it in a way that, you know, is trying to dismiss the card. No, yeah, this yeah. card is great. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the other thing that comes up is, like, they'll be like, oh, well, I cast Ponder on my turn, and I put a card that I didn't want on top, so you get a card that's useless. Okay, I don't care. I made you make that decision. You had to make that decision because I put this card into play to do that. Right. That's not good for you. Right. You like, put yourself at a disadvantage on purpose because of this card. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, like I, I did this because you did this because I put this into play. Like that's, that's forcing you to make a decision that you weren't going to make. All right. So here's the uh, question then. Do you play this? Like, say if your opponent is on the play and they play Island Ponder Go, Right. Do you just jam this as a one drop, or do you try and dash it if you're on I the think, draw? I, I think you might try and dash it. Uh, I think that's the other kind of hidden mode of this card is like on an empty board you can dash it mm-hmm. uh, and get in there for a damage uh, for two damage, uh, which means it can also like close games out because like if they're like low on life you can like put in two damage a turn with it on an empty board state. Uh, I still think you're gonna want to look for uh, if you're on the draw you're probably not playing this turn one. 
Uh, if you're on the draw, if this is the only threat you have in your end, maybe, mm-hmm. but I still probably wouldn't think about it turn one. I'd probably try and like play like ponder brainstorm or something like that to try and find some other action. Sure. Now, uh, obviously like no matter what, like if you're turn one hand, if you're Del- if your hand is Delver in it, you're just gonna play Delver. Oh yeah. Uh, like, like obviously. That's, <laughs> that's, that's literally going to be your, your play. If your hand has this in like dragon's race channel or in it, you're probably going to play dragon's race channel or like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's just uh, because it might turn on faster. Oh, but yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's, I, I think this card's really good. I also think that there's room for this card because it's legendary. We continue to get ever closer to the Mox Amber Aggro deck actually being realistic. Oh my god! Uh, where you can play this like turn one, play Mox Amber, uh, and then play like Zergo Bell Striker or something like that, and then have like turn. And then have, or, actually, you don't even have to do that. You can just play this turn one uh, with a Days backup mm-hmm. or whatnot. So this could be, like, a Jeskai Delver deck. You play this turn one, uh, you play it, you have a Days backup, you play Mox Amber. Okay, so you have so you have a red. So not only do you have a Days backup, but you also have, you possibly also have Pyroblast backup or Bolt. Mm-hmm. You have Bolt or, or, or Days. So you can either Days their play, if they manage to, like, force your days or whatnot you can bolt their their creature that they play seems sick then you can go turn two connect make a treasure cast monastery mentor Oof. and then start aggressively countering everything they do like just aggressively go after every spell Oh, yeah, because uh, then you just fill up your board with monk tokens monk. yeah yeah so I think there. there's a I think there's a reasonable place for that um so Legacy's gonna look weird, but I think I think what's gonna happen is like Legacy's gonna look weird, but Delver's still gonna be broken. Well, uh, well both I, formats are gonna go through a a, a growing or teething uh, period where like all these weird decks are going which is weird because this is happening pretty much at the same time as stores are opening back up for uh, F and M events. Right. Uh, so it's kind of weird. That it's all coalescing at once. Right. Um, it it kind of actually invigorates interest in the format uh and no invigorate hasn't been shown as a reprint yet there's yeah. like 10 more spaces left or whatever dear god right how awful would that be like, right just like here let's give uh infect the you know the, the bee's knees yeah the the bee's knees yeah um, what oh hey here here's a good one what if the green oh no we already got the green one sorry i was gonna yeah. say like originally people were like what if the green uh vote creature was berserk or something like that like, what what if the red one is like gives a creature like a berserk ability or it gives it double yeah. strike and plus that, x yeah. plus o or something um, yeah but no it just it's cool that this is happening but at the same time we as players need to understand that people are going to go out buy all these cards Crack their packs, draft, whatever they do to, to acquire their cards. Jam all these new things in their decks, try out these crazy brews, and then eventually it's just going to go back to the mean. I mean, we, there's we've, definitely we've seen that going, for the last year. There, well, but I think like Modern Horizons kind of proved that there are a bunch of cards that obviously still see play from Modern Horizons. Oh, like, come ton, on, Joe. Tons oh, of cards oh, that break, still see play. Breaking news. Huh. Guess what legendary green creature? Oh, Titania. I saw it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, T- that's Titania great. is legal in that's modern. That's great. She gets a foil. Oh, my God. 
Like a pack foil, Scott. She gets a pack foil. It's great. What if she gets an old border printing? How hot is that if she gets an old border printing? Like, isn't that sweet? That card's great. Like, that's a great top end for, like, Ponza or, like, any of, like, those land destruction decks. Yeah, like, Ponza can run a mana base that now has, like, two to four Field of Ruin and four Ghost Quarters. Right. Because this. Yeah. Greater Gargadon. <sighs> hey, can we make the, can we make the, uh, what is it? Uh, the, um, uh-huh. the Greater Gargadon Titania uh, Terror of the Peaks? Have you ever read ter- <laughs> you ever read Terror of the Peaks? Yeah. That card, yeah, that card says that whenever a creature enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to its power. So you uh, put that into play, and you put Titania into play with Greater Gargadon and suspend. So, and then, so you, and, the, then you, and then you sack all your lands and just twenty them. So the folks at home that uh, the folks at <laughs> home that are watching our audio podcast, oh, Titania stop. is three and two green for a five three legendary creature elemental. Uh, when Titania, uh, Protector of Argoth, enters the battlefield, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. When a land uh, you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, create a 5-3, a 5-3 green elemental creature token. Now, yeah, there is a card legal and modern that can make uh, and give all your creatures haste. That card is an enchantment called Fervor. Uh, I mean, you don't even need haste. Well, yeah. sure. I mean, if you do the Terror of the Peaks plan or whatever. Uh, you could also just Greater Gargadon and sack them on your opponent's end step. Right. Like, great, so Greater, if people don't know what Greater Gargadon does, that card's it, 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 it's, it's text, it's power and toughness very rarely matter. Although right. it occasionally does because it occasionally comes into play as a 9-7. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it has to spend for one red, but you can sacrifice a, uh, is an artifact creature or land I think it is, mm-hmm. uh, and you remove a time counter from it, but it has yep. to spend like ten. Yeah, like like it's it's yeah. Pay odd. a red, suspend it for ten turns or something. Yeah, it's suspend ten for a red. You sacrifice an artifact creature or land. You remove a time counter from it, and you can activate it only if it's suspended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what you can do here is you suspend this. You put Titania into play on your opponent's end step. You sacrifice all your lands. Yep. Make a boatload of five threes kill your opponent yeah because like, it'll come off uh it'll come off the spend with haste well but also that like the fact you're just you're you're creating a bunch of five threes on your opponent's end step right exactly yeah but then you add in a card like terror of the peaks which is three red red for a creature dragon from corset 2021 just five four flying spells your opponent to cast that target terror of the peaks costs an additional three life to cast but it has the subtext of whenever another creature enters the battlefield in your control, it deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. So you can sack all your lands, make a bunch of five threes, and dome your opponent for five every time one of them enters. Jesus Christ, this is so stupid. It's great. It's great. I love it. I think it's great. So here's the yeah, real sorry. here's the real question. Okay. Do we have do we have all the the new do we do we have all the new to, new to modern reprints yet like no there, there's uh well now with that one that will be 33 um there's okay. like 42 of them or something did you see the um cuz i'm trying to is it even i was, tra- I was trying to find i was trying to find the the number crunch for it for some reason oh uh, okay yeah i'm yeah, not going okay. to the salvation now with my 
uh, possible graphics problems. Did you see the um, the the red creature? Got it. Got it. What was it? Um, so hold on. Where'd it go? Looking here there, on, there on Scryfall. Is, so we so we have two eighty seven to two nine two eighty nine. We also have. So I so what I keep hearing is that we're guaranteed shardless agent in this set, as well. That that's what we've been hearing that since the spoiler. Yes. Or since the the leak or whatever. Yes. Um, it's two, it's going to be two ninety two. So far, the leak has been accurate. Pretty close to accurate. Like obviously we don't have him to Turok, uh, right? But we have Turok himself who kind of hymns. Right. Uh, when you kick him. But, um, you know, how often that green seems to take from other colors, uh, red has actually taken something from green. Uh, in this case, this card is... Um, let's see if it has a translation here. Oh, yeah. Blazing Rootwalla. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where... they were actually saying that card could should have been red originally. Right. Yes, yeah. it's not. It's not it taking anything from green. It's that they were saying that uh, basking rootwalla should have been red originally, right? And not and not green. Because yeah. literally, it's literally basking rootwalla, except it's uh, it's a uh, one one, and it only gets plus two plus zero per t- for a turn for a turn, uh, and you can only activate it once per turn. Uh, but still, that madness cost, cost a zero. But, it, but a madness costs a zero. So right. yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, so 292 is still open in the number crunch for the new to modern reprints, mm-hmm. uh, and that's expected to be uh, Shardless Agent, um, but we have 287 to 289 is open, hmm. uh, and actually, uh, wait, which one, what is, what, what's the collector number on? So Titania is 287, so okay. actually 288, 288, so now it's 288 to 289, Okay. Mm-hmm. So that means we either get a card, a gold card, either Titania is the last, oh, yeah, the last yeah. green, like either Titania is the last green card, or we get a green card and a gold card. Um, can we just complete the the trifecta of insanity here and give us veteran explorer in modern? <laughs> like, please, can we do that? Can we just have veteran explorer in modern, please? Please, wizards, just just do it. It would be fine. Modern Nick Fit Specialist mm. Joe Dyer, ladies and gentlemen. I would play it all day long. It would just be Gruel. Yeah. Because you would play the uh, Plant Dog. Oh, yeah? You just, you just play the Plant Dog. You just play turn one Veteran Explorer, go turn two Biograph. Turn three Titania. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. So then you go, like, turn two Biograph, suspend Greater Gargadon. Turn three Titania. <laughs> Pure insanity at that point. Pure I love it. I insanity. love it. I now, love it. I would I would take it all day long. Like, come on, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> now they did give us uh, a sword in this set, Sword of Hearth and Home. Were we getting another one? Are are we getting more than one or are we just getting that one? Just getting one. Uh, Is that what so, they said? Yep. So for okay. three generic mana and two equip. You get a, uh, a sword here that equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from green and from white. Now, this is the weird part. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile 
up to one target creature you, you own. Then search your library for a basic land card. Put both cards onto the battlefield under your control. Then shuffle. So it's a yeah. lot of like word gymnastics. It's a it's a flicker and a ramp. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It's flicker flicker and ramp. Which is so. sweet. I'm not sure where it could apply in Death and Taxes, especially in modern uh, or stone any type of Stoneblade build, because a lot of the removal that you're seeing, bolt, lava dart, fatal push. About, I, you know, it's it's not it's not gonna be white or green. No one's playing Beast Within in modern, right? I've now, got an for answer example. for you for that. Sure. It's called you instead put into play Cauldra Completed. <laughs> and then you just start punching your opponent in the face. For seven, yeah. Uh, uh, so for uh, people that know it, Cauldra Complete is a seven mana legendary artifact equipment. has living weapon. So you get a zero, zero germ token and you equip that germ token to the equipment. Yikes. has indestructible. Uh, so the artifact itself is indestructible. Uh, equipped creature gets plus five, plus five, and has first strike, trample, indestructible haste, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature, and equips for seven. Oof. Uh, I the 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 amount of times I want to see somebody curve giver of runes or mother of runes into turn two, stoneforge mystic into turn three, put this into play. Seems good. Mm-hmm. Seems good. Yeah, a lot of the discussion today about that card is like. Does this replace Batterskull? And I'm it like, doesn't. No, it's a it's a role player. No, yeah, it's you, it's a role player. It, so it, you want this in matchups where you have to race? Yeah, this is probably sword number three. If you're unsure yeah. your opponent is what colors they're playing or whatever, unless right. you're playing like modern Stoneblade, then of course it's Feast of Famine, Batterskull, then this for sure. But, uh, and then I also want to uh, say that. Uh, if you know your opponent is on, like, Bug or Grixis, mm-hmm. you just play this all day long. Oh, for sure. They will never be able to beat this. No, not. Like, ever. Like, uh, they'll be, like... In Legacy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just in general. Like, like, do they play Bounce Bells in, in Modern, like, those colors? Like, do they play Brazen Borrower? Like, right. do they play, like, a Bounce Spell? Because they will never be able to kill this with Assassin's Trophy... They will never be able to kill this with Fatal Push. They will never be able to kill this with Colagon's Command. Ever. Right. It has an instructable. You imagine staring down this card from a Grixis Control player's like standpoint? They're going to go, fuck. Especially, especially because if you're playing Tron. Yeah, that's true. So here's the really awkward thing about th- what's really great about this card from a Stoneforge Mystic uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where like the comparison to Batterskull does get made. Is that batter school? You have to wait till your opponent's end step. Mm-hmm. Like you, you do. You like you. You have to wait because in case maybe they do something, maybe they force your hand, maybe they have a removal spell for the batter school. Sure. What? And you, and you don't want to do it until you absolutely like the last time, which is on their end step before your turn. What not? Which is their turn three or whatever you know or whatever you know turn it is. This thing you go turn two, Stoneforge Mystic. Mm-hmm. Turn three, immediately put this into play. Yeah. And it comes down on your turn three, and it's swinging that turn. Yep, before combat, yeah. And and that is the race aspect of the card. Like, you're racing with it. Like, uh, And a lot of people are like, oh, it doesn't race. No, no, this race it races no. incredibly well. Like, there is not a creature in any format. There is not a creature in modern 
that can profitably block this. Your, your Boros Burn opponent might take one hit off of this because they're trying to attack you and kill you before they are forced to start blocking with their creatures. Yeah. And they are, and there is no creature that profitably blocks us. Right. Ever. There's no creature that profitably blocks us. There, there isn't even a creature in Legacy that profitably blocks us. Mm-hmm. Like, the only creature that blocks us and lives through the block is True Name Emesis, and you still get to trample over for four. Oh my god. That's it. That's it. Because it doesn't take damage. Right. You have to assign one damage to it, and then you get to trample over for four. Oh my Like, goodness. but it's the only creature that lives. You can't... So here's the other thing. They can't even block this with Merit Lage. No, they can't. Because they will lose their Merit Lage. Yep. Like, because that's... Because it's an exile, not a destroyer. Right, right. So, now granted... This is probably not the card you're putting in against Merit Lage decks. No, no, no. Not you're probably putting Batterskull still in play because Batterskull gains life. There is that dichotomy there where you do understand that Batterskull is good because of the lifelink. Like, and the vigilance. Like, those are the good reasons to play Batterskull. It's not so much the bounce thing because we were, we were talking about this already. This is really easy to reset with, like, cards like Flicker Wisp. Yeah. Like your opponent if your opponent does manage to like exile the token, you can flicker wisp this and get it back. Mm-hmm. Like you're not re-equipping this. You don't need to bounce it. You can just pay three mana and still or, you know, vile, you know, and reset this. Yeah, like the So equip seven. Like, yeah. That's the uh line of text that's probably gonna be ignored the most. Because yes. you're you're not gonna spend seven mana to equip this. By then even in a blue-white stone blade uh, deck in modern, you probably won the game where your opponent yeah. has scooped before right. you even get a chance to equip this to whatever. Now, the downside to this is if your opponent does manage to remove your stone wars mystic, this gets mm-hmm. stranded in your hand real bad. Yeah, but, it, it, it's it, like a, it's like you have one less card in your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it, that's awful. But right. like, I still think this is good. I think it's going to see play. I think people are going to play this in legacy. I think mm-hmm. we're gonna play this in modern. Like it's a, it's really, really good. Also, I have to give them credit. The flavor of this card is spot on. Like, good job on like having like the Cauldra artifacts being like handled by like some living like uh, glistening oh oil shit. Like, it's just so good. Like this, this art was done by Vincent Prose. Mm-hmm. Very good art. Yeah. Who just had a mail-in signing? Like the cards were due today, so I sent ah. like I sent like one euro. In the event mm. I ever wind up getting rich and can afford, like, blue duels to play <laughs> a, a four-color four no-red uh, and uh, four-color loam uh, in, in mo- or Legacy, Modern, Jesus. Um, yeah. There is one good thing about this uh, Cauldra Complete. I, I only need one foil copy for if I'm yeah. going to play uh, Stoneblade. Yeah. So. Um. As far as as far as I, I, I do want to mention, as far as Vintage is concerned, mm-hmm. uh, this set... 90% of vintage in the set is going to be hinged on these evoke creatures. Oh my god. Uh, yes. Because of the card Bizarre Baghdad. Uh, and uh, these evoke creatures are all very good mm-hmm. for that. Like, Grief is excellent for that because you get to play Vengevine. Uh, and that's. These cards all trigger Vengevine. And it's like Unmask in that deck, but better. And you can't force negation in it. And you can't fluster storm it. Like, that's all really fantastic. Uh, so I think that's probably going to be like the best thing about this card, uh, this deck, the the, the this, this set for vintage. Uh, I think that Root Wallow we talked about might see play. 
uh, simply because having eight Ruwallas seems not so bad. Uh, but also, like, there's a, maybe a red-aligned uh, Rootwalla deck where you're playing Squeeze and Rootwallas, and mm-hmm. maybe if... And, and here's the other thing. It's going to hinge a lot on how good that red evoke creature is. Well, there's also like, an, another Squee-type card. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that that's actually as good as it looks, though. Okay. Because here's the thing, like, you already have eight Squeeze in um in vintage right anyways uh one of those is squee obviously uh and the other one is uh Krovicon horror uh which is oh, the wow. uh, at the beginning of your end of the end step if Krovicon horror is in your graveyard with a creature card directly above it you may put it in your hand mm-hmm. and you're just going to order however you put cards in the graveyard right to, to enable that like uh so yeah i think that that now again the other one might be okay because it pitches to force. Right, pitches to force and pitches to but grief. But you have to uh, pay a life, I think, to, to get that back. To bring yeah. it back, yes. Yeah, and I think that might cut it. Like, Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Squee is so free. Oh, my goodness. Like, Squee is just incredibly free. I, so I, I just can't wait to see the stupid, bizarre, like, mana symbols sitting next to Enchantress deck list. And it'll have, like, Naya Enchantress, and the only red card is Squee. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think that um, that all these Evoke things are just going to be super good. In, oh, like, oh, for sure. Decks. Like, I haven't seen anything yet that really... Okay. I haven't seen anything yet that really speaks to me uh, from a uh, Xerox standpoint mm-hmm. uh, in Vintage. Uh, now people are still somewhat freaking out about Void Mirror in that format. Yeah. I have a feeling that card is not as good as it looks in like, in Vintage, and the only reason I say that is because I'm having a hard time of really actually deciding what deck that actually goes in. Uh, so that card has exactly the same problem. So, uh, Damping Sphere is yes. a pretty good um, comparison to that card. Now, granted. It's not because, like, this card does a lot more than Damping Sphere. Like, it, it, I, I will admit that. This card does a lot more than Damping Sphere. Damping Sphere is playable around, and you can still kind of play the game. Right. This does actually just, like, shut the game off. Yeah, but... Void Mirror is not trying to be another Damping Sphere. It's trying to be, like, an uber Null Rod in a way, I guess. Kind of. But the problem with it is that it's symmetrical. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. It's exactly good against the decks it's good against. So the deck it's good against is Shops. Yeah. It's good against Shops. Exactly on turn one on the play against Shops. That's it. It's only good on turn one when you are on the play against Shops. That's it. So for those uh, not knowing, uh, Void Mirror is a two generic cost uh, artifact. Whenever a player casts a spell... If no colored mana was spent to cast it, counter the spell. Now, yeah. here's the thing, right? So people are like, oh my god, it's Tron hate. Cool. Maybe Tron no. has like a, uh, a star in play. They pop it for a green uh, and then tap their colorless sources. Now they can play a spell because they've put one green into the right. casting of that spell. Yeah. Now... 
there were some shenanigans back in the day when, um, uh, shoot, what's that card? Uh, Car Clan Ironworks was uh, illegal and modern, where you could add mana to uh, the casting cost of the spell, even if, like, the the mana you're adding was like more than what was needed for the spell to resolve or something. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I I don't know. So I kind of wonder if we're gonna have like that galaxy brain level of stuff figuring out to get around Void Mirror. I feel this is a card that's going to be pushed into every single deck for like a week or two. People are going to realize it's only good against niche or specific archetypes like Eldrazi, Tron, and Modern. Right. Or uh, it, it might be good pre-game or, or early in the game against Tron, but not until, it, you know, before they get their forest. Right. Uh, and then it's over. So, right, 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 right. Yeah, don't don't get your hopes up on Void Mirror and Modern. I'm now, not sure about it in Legacy. Like Vintage, you already mentioned shops, but it's not it's not playable in, in Legacy. Uh, yeah, okay. It, it, it is it is not playable in Legacy. Like it what like every time I try kind of trying to come up with like a deck that would actually play it, I just mm-hmm. I, I decide that they can't play it. Like like somebody said like Maverick maybe, and I was just like, don't they play Force of Vigor on the sideboard? Like, isn't that just better? Like why why like like I don't know like I just I like like and not only that, no blue deck in the format's gonna want to play this. No, because uh, you are also actively shutting off your own counter magic. Like you're shutting off your forces and stuff, right? Exactly. Uh, and so that's the thing. So the the, the biggest issue here is with this in Vintage is that it's one of those cards like Lavinia and like Damping Sphere and like Deafening Silence, where it's exactly good turn one on the play. That's it. Like if your opponent is on, if you are on the draw against shops and you have this in your opening hand, you are losing the game. Yeah. You are not winning that game. Because they're going to go Mox, Mox, Soul Ring, Mistress Workshop, something. And then they have colored mana. Yeah. Like, that's just it. They have colored mana. They play Moxen. They play Black Lotus. Like, that's they have that mana. And that's just going to be like, oh, cool. Um, it do- Oh, oh, that, that was, there was a reason why I didn't want to, why I didn't think it would be good in Maverick. Maverick plays Thalia. Yeah. So, like, if they have a colored mana source of some sort... They could just cast cast their free stuff. Like, oh, say say you play this uh, uh, against Karn or whatever. You play Thalia and you play Void Mirror against Karn, mm-hmm. and they and the, and you're hitting all their zero drops or whatnot. They can't cast their zero drops because it it would counter them. Sure. Okay. Now all their zero drops cost one more to cast. Right. So oh, I just... I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna pay a blue. Right. Seems fine, right? Seems good. So yeah, it just there's so many ways around this card. Every time I come across a deck that I would be like, well, maybe this card, maybe this deck will play it, and then I just end up convincing myself that this deck won't play it because I don't think they will. Like and, I, just, I just don't think it'll happen. Like it's it's not there. It's not a good card. No. Um, I get what they were going for with it. I think that it's incredibly narrow, incredibly niche. Right. Uh, I, I I feel bad for design because we feel what they were trying to do. Right. But it was probably something to where they felt they couldn't push anymore or the card would be absolutely broken and just be main deck, late line of the void, summer all over again when we had Hogak. Right. Um so I I don't know. Like here here's my thing. If you feel that Tron is a problem, just ban the, just tell us right now, ban the Tron land. 
Mm. If you feel it's a problem, just do it in modern and get it out of here. But they're not going to do that because Tron is kind of like a, a brainstorm. As brainstorm is for Legacy, Tron is kind of like that for modern. A little um, bit, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you've given us Cleansing Wildfire uh, Pillage two years ago when Modern Horizons 1 came out. We have Fulminator Mage. We have ways to deal with uh, specific targeting specific lands. And that's fine. But, like, these artifacts that try and shut down things that kind of inadvertently also shut down other things. Like, you can't uh, cast something off Bloodbright Elf with this out in play, for example. But right. they, they want Jun to be a, a, a good deck for people to pick up and play, which, by the way, it still is, folks. Uh, it's not magically reborn or it's back because of Ignoble Hierarch. Um, so this kind of goes against the purposes of what they want Modern to be. So I just kind of wonder where their head is at or whatever they're doing with the, with the format when trying to design cards like that. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I, I, like I said, I get what they're going for, but it, it just, especially like it, the comparison of vintage is just I, every time I come across an idea like, oh, uh, like where I would want to like have this, mm-hmm. I just don't like, why would yeah. I want it? Like, I, do, I don't want it. Like, I don't want to shut off my force of wills. I don't want to shut off my own plays with shops. What if I have no moxin when I play this? Right. Like, why would I do that? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like... You know, then you're turning all your draws into poor draws. Yeah, maybe your opponent isn't doing anything either. But here's the thing. A lot of, the, like, the shop decks, especially the, the popular shop decks that are being played, are, like, the Golos, like, decks. And they're playing, like, cards like Cascading Cataracts. And they're playing cards like um, Urborg, mm-hmm. uh, Tomb of Yawgmoth. So there's tons of ways to get around this, even. So I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I think that there's just... Too many ways that makes this that makes this work, that makes this not work, that I just would like not want to do that. Like the other thing is like people were talking about like oh well you could play this against Eldrazi and Legacy, and and like but they play Cavern of Souls, so you're gonna put this down. Your opponent's gonna go Cavern of Souls into uh, Thought Not Seer, and you're gonna be like oh shit. Right. Well, not only do we play Cavern of Souls, but uh, like we've talked about. Gosh, it's months ago at this point. Uh, it's so long ago that Eldrazi has kind of left the metagame standings on Goldfish. Right, yeah, it has. Yeah, Cry- it's, it's not Crime- seen a lot of play. Crimey is here, like right now. It's like yeah. I have the deck. I can't play. Yeah, it um, hasn't seen. It hasn't seen a lot of a lot of play. Literally. But yeah, there was a minute there they were playing uh, Land of War Wastes. Yeah. So it's like nice for void um, mirror. for uh, like Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's like, what what is what does this anybody care? What does any deck care about this card? Like, it just doesn't, so. No, and, don't register this card in, in any deck, please. Don't, please. just don't. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's not card, good. This card was preview, and people were like, yay, we're going to beat Tron. And I'm like, you, you can be like, right, here's the thing. I, I was going to make this meme, but I'm just going to say it now before I, I make it. Uh, read Duke. Beat Tron in a cave with a bunch of scraps. <laughs> like you don't, you don't need this, right? Yeah, you, you don't need this card. Like, and and like, let's say if this card does start showing up and does stick, well, now Tron's going to play. Uh, what was that? That green? Not well, not green. I should say. What was that land card we talked about earlier? The green Urborg, Yeah, Maya. 
Yeah, the Yavamaya Cradle Growth, because now all their lands tap for green mana. So you have this push-pull again, like we talked about, where right. you push too far, now it's got to pull back the other way, and that, in my the, opinion, that that's not healthy. You there are, there are people that. already that are saying that this will be restricted in vintage in six months, and I'm like, you're totally wrong. Like, because because here's the other thing. I have been through enough of these current printings, mm-hmm. uh, and I do remember when they first spoiled Lavinia Azorius Renegade. And Man, quite what a, literally... What a cool card that is, right? Quite literally, the first week that that was spoiled, there were a ton of threads everywhere that were claiming that Lavinia Azorius Renegade was going to break vintage <laughs> and that, that she needed to be restricted. Oh, come on. Guess what? Guess what? Guess how much gameplay, actual meta share gameplay, Lavinia Azorius Renegade sees right now on vintage. All right, hold on. Very little. Um, zero point one five nine percent. It's 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 very little. Like yeah. she doesn't see a whole lot of play anymore. Like, like there there are some decks that play her, but like as like a of, one of one of in the sideboard, right? Or or even then, like Jeskai. If Jeskai plays it, plays it mm-hmm. is is playing her. It's playing one main. Yeah, that's it. Like they're not playing, uh, like four of these cards. Like it's and people are claiming that. People were, ba- you know, upset. They were claiming that this was going to be bad for Vintage and that it was going to be... And it's just hyperbole. It's just overhype. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. And, and that's probably part of my frustration with just this set so far is that, well, you know, not only do not only do I have my cooking and counterspell, not only, like, are we close to the end of finally getting everything, but the hyperbole talk is just so maxed out. And, uh, uh, and then you get to the point where... You have all these pros who are uh, pushing up their glasses to their nose, telling us, but actually, you know, and it's like, can't, well, first, let people be excited for something. Like, if someone wants to be excited for squirrels, cool. If someone wants to try something in Jund and Modern, whatever, right? Like, if you're going to ask a question and you get an answer that's not coming from a place of, like, putting you down, you know, Try and read into that a little bit, at least understand the response that you're getting. But when you have these players who, grinders essentially, maybe I'm not even going to call them pros anymore. I'm just going to call them grinders that are poo-pooing on people because they're excited. Like uh, the the monkey that we talked about, uh, Ragavan. Yeah. You know, people were, were dogging on fans of that card. And it's like... Can, can people just be excited? Like it's okay. I, like that kind of wasn't where I was going with what I was. Well, saying. I, I, I know, I know. It just it it what you said kind of triggered. Um, what because, I, what with I, all what, the hyperbole talk. What I, what I'm going with there is that there's a lot of overhype, and I think oh, the yeah. the problem with this set is that there's so much stuff that the overhype gets to be a little bit much because there is too much stuff, mm-hmm. and it's hard to separate what. In this kind of set, it's going to be really hard to separate what is good and what isn't, right. because there's so much of it, uh, and there's going to be, like I said, there's, this is a set with layers. There's going to be a, a layer of cards that are going to be good, uh, like we already know. Dragon Race Channel is going to be really good in Delver. What happens when they, if they decide to ban that? What happens if they decide to ban the next card? Like, what pops up at that point? Like. It's just like Modern Horizons 1 where they 
um, you know, had like cards like Hogak and stuff like that that were obviously bad for the format. Uh, but then they banned it and other things crept up. Do we see a Hogak so far? I don't see a clear Hogak. Yeah, I don't but, but that doesn't mean it's not coming. <laughs> sure, I mean, because obviously we don't have the full set yet. Like, right, yeah. You know, plus some of these cards, especially the cards from Legacy coming to Modern, like Sterling Grove, like, that's not the original art. This is the art that I think was on, what, a, a Judge promo and or yeah. used on Magic Online uh, yes. by Seb McKinnon. Now, you know what's sick about this? And I, I don't know if you see it too, but the trees in the background, those are freaking hands, dude. Yep. It's like hands. I'm like, oh my god! Like what? Like, so yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't see anything that is exactly Hogak yet. Uh, but that doesn't mean we aren't getting right. it. Like I I don't know. Yeah, there, uh, there's a lot of why are you doing this type of like you know talk. Like when I saw Greed, I, I didn't know it was reprinted in the Commander set. Yeah. So this is my first time seeing Greed downshifted to uncommon. I'm like, what? <laughs> right, right, right. Especially with Cabal Coffers. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Cabal Coffers at Mythic. Like, uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. So, um, and then we have Braids, yeah. which pair that with Bitter Blossom or Castle Arnvale, and now you're on the Sweet Stacks train. Right, right, right. Uh, like, so, I, I, I'm, I think maybe if I focus on the legacy cards coming to Modern, I can kind of cut out a lot of the hyperbole. Like, yeah. Nev's disc is making people like myself and uh, Saffron Olive think of Tezzerator decks for Modern. Yeah. Um, Mistress Factory. Bruh. Like, Mistress soon as I, Factory! Soon as I saw that, <laughs> soon as I saw that revealed, I'm like, TCGplayer.com, foil from Eternal Masters, by eight. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I will need them for decks. Yeah, it's just a good card. Like oh my I love God. it. Can we I get stand? Can we get standstill? <laughs> can, can can we get standstill? I don't think we can. Nope, nope. Standstill is crunched out. Standstill is crunched out. Saddest of pandas. That standstill no, that like I said, that will come in Modern Horizons three. The search for Spock. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Standstill is crunched out. Unfortunately, oh and or maybe it'll come in Modern Horizons four. The Last Jedi. Yeah, because uh, two sixty nine is seal removal, and two seventy is upheaval. So. Are we getting the other seals? You think? Uh, so most of them are. Most of the other ones are. I think the only one that no, we're not getting the black seal because the black seal was bad. Uh, seal of fire was already modern legal mm-hmm. uh, because it was in dissension. Right. Uh, so the really the ones that we only needed were seal of, uh, and I don't think we're getting seal of strength because, yeah, it's crunched out as well, uh, which okay. is the green one. So we're Plus only we getting... already have seal primordium from uh, yeah, but we got seal of cleansing and seal of removal, right? So which is seal of cleansing is the original version of seal of primordium, and and maybe with the uh, enchantress uh, cards or enchantment matters here the sub theme here in, in draft, they're probably wanting people to splash into blue, yeah, um, goblin bombardment, bruh. Guess what? Uh, so I hate to say this card is modern legal because uh, I, I realized who the artist was. <laughs> I, I didn't realize who the artist was at first, uh, but enduring renewal is modern legal. 
Oh my god! Uh, and so <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, time because because it was in Time Spiral, it was in the time shift. But uh, the artist is Harold McGill. So <laughs> I was oh, just like, oh, on uh, on, on enduring renewal. renewal. Yeah, oh, no. I was just like, I was like, oh no. <laughs> but uh, that makes the uh, the the pebbles combo legal and modern i don't think that's good but i it, it's definitely legal oh right? it, that that's an unlike uh unlike to trickery that's a meme like pebbles that's a meme that, that i can get down with oh i, I mean i, I want to see that happen i mean that was like the like the deck of yeah. extended like that was like that 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 made extended like mm-hmm. what extended was during its time. Like there were there were just pebbles, and you had fruity pebbles because you were playing like uh, red, white, green, with survival, and then you had uh, cocoa pebbles because you were playing the pebbles combo with um, academy rector and necropodence, mm-hmm. uh, and then you had weedies, which was <laughs> which was the four color four or five color version that played both recurring nightmare and survival of the fittest. Alright, did, Plus, we, did Wheaties ever win a championship? Uh, probably. I mean, it was, a, it was a really good deck. Wheaties is the breakfast of champions. So. Yeah, it was a really good deck. Because like, so. it, it played both the Rexer combo and the Pebbles combo. Because you Oof. could play Academy Rector and uh, use Academy Rector with um, Recurring Nightmare. Academy Rector? Yeah. I never knew her. Yeah, Scott. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Flame Rift. At, Flame Rift. Dear God, do we need to give Burn four four more eight damage spells? Oh, well, or four four more four more four damage spells? Do we play, do we really need to give them eight four damage spells? If you play this in your deck, you're not playing Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Sure you are. Why would you not? Why would you do six to yourself to do four to your opponent? Screw it. <laughs> you're a Burn player. You don't care about your life total. They're dead. What's on top of the deck? Is it Flame Rift? That, They're dead. That, that They're, doesn't They're, compute. They're dead. By the like, way, play more Char. You're please. killing. You're killing them. Um, I, you're I, killing I, them faster than they're. You're, they're killing you. If you're taking six and they're taking four, that yeah, that math doesn't no, work. No, out. no, 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 no. They're not taking. They're, if you're taking six, they're taking. They're taking four, but they're at a lower life total. Or they're a, dead. Allegedly. Or they're dead. I I don't know. Look, like, I I, you have, I will. You have, Boros charm and this, dear God, did we? Need I, to give I it will another? probably have to consult Indianapolis Legacy Classic Champion two thousand July two thousand fifteen. Your friend and mine, Adam Manier, about this card. He played. Uh, he played Eidolon on the Great Rebel and Legacy Burn with this. Uh, I'll have to ask him what his deck list was. You, you, I, you I, definitely, I you, you definitely played Flame Rift with Eidolon of the Great Rebel. Like in Legacy Burn, like fuck it, like, like that's the problem. Like that's the thing. Like Burn uses its own life total as a as an extreme resource to the point oh, where sure. I don't care what life total I'm at as long as my opponent is at zero. Yeah. Like if I'm at two and they're at zero, I won. I don't care. Oh, right, right, right. No, I I understand that. It's just yeah. I don't know. I haven't played Burn in a long time. I haven't yeah. played really any deck in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's it's yeah. probably pretty good. So, uh, so I think that's 
we have a lot of we we talked a lot about Modern Horizons. I don't think we need to talk more about Modern Horizons. I mean, if you uh, want to talk about uh, Fire and Ice and Marari's Wake, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of cards like Bone we can t- Shredder. Bone Shredder, yeah, we could talk about this set all day long, and there's tons of stuff to talk about. We probably have more to talk about next week, even. Yeah, and, so. and we didn't even touch on like the uh, unmarked grave. Yeah, uh, there could be and, a, like and, an actual like reanimator strategy. Yeah, there, there's reanimator cards uh, coming, but to it's modern. really slow. It, yeah, which I think is fine, and, and and also all of it only gets on non legendary creatures, which I think is great. Right, which, which is totally cool. I mean, because it cuts out um, getting like Gristlebrand as your default. Right, right. Uh, you, you get to bring stuff back like Grave Titan. Or, yeah, yeah. So like, watch out for cards like Zombie Infestation that allow you. I, like, uh, Pitch card or graveyard card? for free. What is the card? Um, shit, what was the card that used to uh, Inkwell Leviathan? Yeah, oh, is God. the card? Yeah, that we used to bring back. Uh, yeah, Ugh. yeah, that in in or, uh, Legacy Reanimator, Chancellor of the Annex, Chancellor of the Annex. Yeah, um, um, yeah. So we didn't even neat. talk about the new meme card that came out today called Damn. Damn. You know, I actually really like that card's design. Uh, so I it's think interesting. it's interesting. I think it's cool from a standpoint that it's the first card that we've ever seen, uh, in a, and that has an overload cost that is a different mana color than its primary cost. Right. Right. Yeah. So dam is two black sorcery, destroy target creature, uh, creature destroyed this way. can't be regenerated. It's overload cost, meaning instead of one creature, you do each. Uh, is two white white or essentially Wrath of God mana. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm waiting for the white card called Nation, which will be <laughs> two white white, and have an overload cost of two black black. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's cute. I think it's great, and I'm yeah. amazed that they printed the word "damn" on a on a card that didn't yeah. have an attachment to like Damnation or something like that. I just think that's funny, I, and, I, I, and, I, and I love it when you're gonna have these like. 13 year old kids and like playing playing modern going damn your creature right <laughs> love it love that, it that's gonna be great love i hope it. i hope in the next unset they put they print like darn or gosh or <laughs> just something super goofy hey scott i have a, i have a i have a sneaking uh, i have a thing to confess to you this is an unset dude what <laughs> is, like what is like what is this set like Especially when we had... It's an unset, Scott. It's, uh, an, it's an unset in Blackboard. It's we, we had Late to Dinner. Yes. Three oh, I to love white. that card. Yeah, three I to white, return it. target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and then it does something else that doesn't seem completely related to resurrecting a creature called Create a Food Token. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. I'm like, huh? Like, so. Uh... Yeah, but yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the art on these cards uh, from uh, Vorthos players and stuff are evoking possible other planes that we might go to, or our callbacks to planes we've already visited. Um, yeah, heck, we didn't even talk about the Green Ponder and Abundant Harvest. Um, yeah, nor did we talk about uh, the, the fact blue, that it's a, that it's a common the, the the blue removal spell called Suspend. Um, so yeah, there, there's just there's so much in the set, and we also like, got we also got giant cop lady in Constable of the Realm, which you know pair that with heartless uh, heartless summoning, 
where you can reduce her mana cost or whatever. Well, I didn't realize that she was a giant. Wow, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, soon as, I saw, as soon as I saw that art, I'm like, she has to be a giant. Oh, giant soldier. I'm like, hmm. It yeah, reminds yeah, me yeah. of, uh, dude, where's my car? Daddy, I want to ride that, too. No, but... No, no. All right. No. Uh, but, yeah, oh, yeah, you mentioned Abundant Harvest. Get fucked Magic Arena players. Jesus Christ. Oh <laughs> like, God. that card is a rare on Magic Arena, and this is a common. Right. Like, what so, the hell? So, good job, all you beta investment folks, buying up all the Mystical Archive Abundant Harvest. Jesus. You made a lot of money. Wink. Wink. Right. Yeah. I, it's ridiculous. I was just like, all right, well, cool. I didn't realize this card was a common. That's speaking, speaking of making a lot of money. Actually, no. I'm, I'm sorry. We, we got to talk about this. So, I've touched on a little bit. Aaron Forsyth was on the recent weekly MTG podcast. The next one coming up, which would be the Thursday after this podcast airs, we'll have uh, Sam Black and Brad Nelson. And uh, Brian Brondoon, I think, was one of the other playtesters. Yes. uh, Of the set. My concern with having grinders uh, playtesting, like if they say a card is okay, the rest of us scrubs have to deal with what they say is okay. When we may think it's not okay. So I, I, I got an issue with that. But if they weren't there, like this set would be more busted than what it is. So, oh, yeah. It just, anyway, so someone asked in the, in the chat a uh, bunch of questions. One, of course, was why aren't the old, uh, why aren't the uh, MH1 cards get that are getting the uh, old frame treatment? Why aren't they non foil? Aaron Fortis, like, oops. Um, so <laughs> they're, they're looking at finding ways to ins- insert these type of cards into other product. So eventually we'll, they'll get around to finding a way to put those cards in. I, I thought that was kind of awkward. Cause I was like, looking at that, I was like, oh, well man, like there's some neat cards in this, uh, right. MHA, you know, MH1 retro, you know, section. Like that would be really neat to see. Some of these other cards, like uh, they spoiled today, Ice Fang Quaddle, like, and yep. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, uh, now I did see a couple that I actually do want. Like, um, they uh, put in Ephemerate uh, in there, right. and I do need to get one of those in foil because I want it for my cube. Like, okay, so like that'll be cool. Like, uh, shenanigans with the uh, the uh, Tombstone. And is, on top is, of that, that sweet. card also was not given to our friend Aaron Campbell to reveal the rest of the world. So <laughs> good job, Wizards. Uh, uh, but anyway, well. uh, so uh, and it was asked if there was a mission statement coming because it's been a while. Uh, Aaron said that he will get with format designers Ian Duke, Andrew Brown, etc. to work on a full statement, so expect that uh, sometime soon, hopefully. They still want the format to be a turn four format. Every time new cards are added, it seems to make the format faster. Duh. Uh, mm. Me pointing out prowess decks to R&D. Uh, they're not sure when exactly it gets too fast, but they want the answers. They, they want more reactive elements instead of proactive elements to be able to counteract the speed of the format. Uh, however, he stated that even with all this influx of new cards, that legacy, quote, is fine but yeah, we not. just we just talked about uh possible well new inclusions that could possibly change or disrupt that apple cart 
Because no, Delver, no, no, Delver's gonna, still, no, still tier uh, uh, zero. I was going to say, nothing's going to change. It's just that Delver's still going to be the best deck. Right, right. It, it's, <laughs> what deck are you playing? Do you have Delver cards? No. Here's the list of everything else you can play. Right, um, yeah. Well, or, or does it's Delver, or does your deck have a positive Delver matchup? Right, exactly. Uh, another thing you mentioned uh, was maybe considering turning things back a turn, making it like a turn five format or turn like four and a half type format, trying to slow the format down a little bit to make sure it stays within that that comfortable range. They don't want decks that get pub stomped by the top decks. Like say if you if you pick up, um, say if you pick up a, a deck, I'm just going to name a random one, even though it's not going to really equate to what's going on now. Let's say you pick up uh, Mono White Humans. Or mm. like with Martyr Saints or whatever, right? And you go to your FNM and you just get steamrolled, right? Well, now you've bought in and invested into this deck and you go to play it and you lose all the time. That's not fun. Even right, if you're right, just right. going at FNM. Especially with how they're trying to concentrate on making sure all levels of play get some type of equal treatment. Whether it's casual, commander, FNM, serious, grinding, digital, whatever, right? I can't remember the tiers that Blake mentioned two weeks ago, but bear with me. Uh, they also want to make sure there are a variety of decks, and good lord, Modern Horizons 2 is bringing it. But they want to make sure there's a variety of decks, but also make sure they're fun. You know, you don't want to sit down and play a, a game to where it's the same play pattern over and over again. That's why, to extrapolate this away from Magic for a minute, that's why Super Mario Brothers has been so damn successful in its entire history, you're playing the game, and sure, getting from A to B is kind of the same thing all the time, but the re- replayability of that game is just off the charts. Whether it's Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, which is uh, super popular, all the way even to whatever in hell's on the Switch. Like, I, I left console games a long time ago because I'm an old <laughs> man. Uh, although I still kind of want to switch. If you want to buy me a switch, stay tuned to the end of the show so you can figure out how to contact. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Are, are we, wait, we're buying you a switch. What about me? Okay. If you also want to buy Joe a switch, stay tuned okay. to the end of the show. So you, okay. Yeah, I got you. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when uh, Brad Nelson, Sam Black, and BBD were playtesting, uh, like they they helped make sure cards were balanced. Uh, Aaron vaguely went over like uh, he didn't mention cards, but he was. Uh, showing them things like, oh, that's too busted, you can't do that, and kind of giving them uh, an insight on what was really happening in Modern, because R&D is so siloed, more so now because they're all working from home. Uh, I don't know if they're back in the office yet. I I don't think they are. I don't think so. Um, But yeah, they're so siloed that they probably don't have as good of a grip on what is actually going on in the Modern format as people who play this as their livelihood. People who play Magic more than Joe and I do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and when they played in a Future Future League, uh, Squirrels was OP. So they had to, <laughs> they had to actually tone Squirrels. And when you go look at the Squirrels cards that are coming, they actually had to tone them down. I think, that's, I think avoid, that's beautiful. Yeah, which is kind of nuts, if you will. I, <laughs> I always intended my puns. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Um, so I, I thought that was really interesting as well as them saying the set is print to demand. So this isn't a situation where, uh, well, you try and get it within the six month window or nine month window or whatever. 
Now, keep in mind that there's still shipping delays, probably due to some Suez Canal stuff that happened like two months ago. Um, But there's still shipping delays, mainly due to the pandemic. But, you know, uh, this is if you really want to support your local gaming store and you care two craps about uh, Standard or if you don't like Dungeons & Dragons for whatever ungodly reason, um, you know, this is the set. That, that you want to get, cool. Make sure you let your local gaming store know. Make sure you get your pre-orders in. Get there by your singles. You know, this is that money influx is going to entice the stores to get with their distributors. Who's going to be like, huh, they, they want more cards. Let me get with my people so I can get boxes to send to you and get that cycle going. Because the, the more this product is opened up, the cheaper the individual cards are going to be. The easier it's going to be for everybody to get theirs, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Like we all, we all want to play with these cards. Well, may, maybe not me. There's some cards I'm like, why is this here? Can, can we get rid of this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is exciting. And, and as much as I can give grief to Wizards about a lot of things, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to see what happens. Especially mm. now, Joe and I have talked about it here for the last couple hours. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, and and I'm actually looking forward to tuning in next week to the next uh, weekly MTG, which again is weird for me to say, just to see if there's any more cards previewed or if we get like the last bit of cards. I think it will be done by the second. Right. We 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 get to hear the uh, the feedback from the the players who are playtesting. You know, things like that. And maybe they'll give us some more adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Probably not. Probably not. But God, I hope so. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> since, since we last recorded, Joe, they gave us a few uh, yes, Forgotten Realms cards, they dude. Did. Yes, Holy they did. Holy cow. Oh, man. I am mo- like like really super excited for this set just because out of seeing what we're getting so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, last... Yeah, last time we got three different cards, mm-hmm. uh, and it had something to do with um, there was some sort of D and D thing that I think was going on. Yeah, that was, they, that was why it was they like were... a promotion or something for like yeah. an animated. There was this animated clip of uh, Dritz being born that was narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I gotta watch that. I haven't actually watched it yet. Oh my so. god. I, oh. Yeah, uh, so anyway. I heard I heard about that. Yeah, but yeah, so um, basically, so they gave us three cards from uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, so we got to see our first look at uh, at Drist to Durden. Yeah, uh, and um, so I have a feeling. So so okay, so Drist to Durden is uh, three green and a white, mm-hmm. and, and I heard a lot of people that were like, I thought he'd be Golgari, and they're like. No, Celestia is absolutely perfect for this character. Like what? Wait, that just—that just means you don't on. know it. That just means you don't know anything about the character. Absolutely. Well, like, are, oh, hold on. Are they equating the the skin pigmentation of the drow to a magic color? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Are are they? They probably are high. Are they high? Yeah, they're high. Oh my uh, god. Celestia oh, just, just fits Drizzt. Like. like so right, because well. because he's a follower of uh, Shantaea, right? No, uh, Maliki or Maliki. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. like green white totally fits Miley Key's uh, like her, right 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 her dogma and every oh my right, oh yeah right. I'm gonna have an aneurysm. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, he's a, he is a rare. Uh, is a three-three legendary creature elf ranger, so that's yeah. cool. Uh, ranger is now a class uh, type in uh, in Magic. We did. Uh, it. Do we get Bard? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Well, so is that we'll, the we'll, so we'll update the uh, so we'll update the rules. When I, I was thinking about this. Up. I was thinking about this. Oh my god! Is is Bard Bard and Sorcerer are the only ones that would be missing, and we can forgive Sorcerer. Joe, what if we get Meepo, the Cobalt Bard? Yeah. Oh my okay. god, that would so, be cool. Anyway, so, sorry. So, anyways, uh, Drist is a, a three-three double strike. When he enters the <laughs> battlefield, uh, you create Gwenevar, a legendary four-one green cat creature token with trample. I can't wait to see this token. Oh, same. Uh, whenever a creature dies, if it had power greater than Drist's power, put a number of plus one plus one counters on Drist equal to the difference. Uh, so, wow. Uh, like, even just, like, looking at this card for five mana, you're getting two bodies and ten power. Uh, which is stand- reasonable. The only problem I have with this card seeing play is that everything in standard is going to be eclipsed by Throne of Eldraine until it goes away. Oh, yeah. So, until Throne of Eldraine goes away, this card might not see any play. There might not be anything in this set that sees play until Throne of Eldraine goes away. And that's scary, but once Throne of Eldraine rotates, this card could be see play. Like, it's it's very reasonable. So, we can green sun Zenith for, for this. Yeah. Um, however, guess who did the art on this? Uh, it was uh, Tyler Jacobson. Yep. Who None does other than the fifth edition cover artist himself yeah he's also done a lot of other magic art though okay like he's got a ton of magic art too so it's it's not just this is the same uh person who did um like garuda doom of depths and uh garuk apex predator predator uh he did dovin bane um yeah it looks like his stuff is pretty recent from aether aetherling um, he, he, he did, uh, one of Evan Irwin's favorite cards, Aurelius Fury. Yeah. Um, he also most recently did Ka- Kazmina Enigma Sage. Okay. Uh, and also Kaya the Inexorable, Inexorable. Uh, the one I like the most here is that he did Garuda though. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. He did, uh, the art for Grimlock. The, uh, the Hascon promo of grimlock dinobot leader oh, sick so and he did both sides so of grimlock dinobot leader and grimlock ferocious king so cool good on you tyler jacobson uh so we got him then we also got and we also got what his rule book uh uh thing looks like and i love that like the classic like um that classic, uh, like first edition style look. It looks like a Spelljammer card. Yeah, if you remember yeah. the Spelljammer. Yeah, 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 you. yeah. But it, but like when you look at Brunar, like his card also looks like kind of like a, uh, a very first edition esque, uh, like D and D advanced D and D style, like portrait. So yeah, it's cool. 
So we also got so we got Drist. We also got Brunar. Um, mm-hmm. Brunar Battlehammer. Uh, he is a uh, two red white. He is an uncommon. Uh, legendary creature dwarf warrior. Um, I wish they'd have been able to fit noble in there because, you know, he is a king, but whatever. Uh, he's a five, three, uh, each creature you control gets plus two plus O for each equipment attached to it. You may pay zero rather than pay the equip cost of the first equipment ability you activate each turn. Uh, so seems pretty good. Uh, and, uh, the uh, flavor text is great because it's it's classic Brunar. And it's, it's a new I'd find you in trouble if I came out and looked for you. <laughs> and I love it. It's great. It's classic Brunar. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and, then we also, and then we also got Lolf the Spider Queen. Lolf Spider Queen. And she is one of the set's planeswalkers. And I understand that what they were trying to go for here is that Lolf is kind of like a big flashy character. And that's why they mm-hmm. made her a planeswalker instead of just a god. Uh, and I think it actually kind of fits. So I, I think she's one of those char- char- characters in the Forgotten Realms lore that you could do make this kind of treatment to, and it makes sense. Right. Uh, Plus and, I'm we... not ups- and I'm not upset about it because the card's pretty good. Oh, yeah. The card's <laughs> um, yeah, Plus, we also yeah, need to so... understand that, um, that Loth um, can show up in Greyhawk. And like other planes throughout the D and D multiverse, and actually, she, if she you... also is, she also is from because she's she's uh, technically her home lair is in the abyss, right? Uh, because, yeah, so like that's the other thing. Like she's technically she's a god, but she's also technically a Tanari demon, right? Uh, so like she's yeah, so it it just makes. It makes perfect sense for them to make this treatment for the car, the card. So right, and, and I understand uh, but, the the kerfluffle over it because it's not like how it was described is not like how a traditional magic planeswalker was described. But you know, for them yes. fitting it into as far as taking the character and her concept and the fact that even if it's even if you want to look at it as like it's not the same loath from Forgotten Realms as it is in Greyhawk, as it is in whatever core generic setting like they had in 3rd edition or 4th edition or whatever, you know, the fact that she is multi-planar kind of makes sense to make her a planeswalker. Uh, could they have done that with Tiamat? Yeah. Absolutely, but Tiamat kind of fits more of being a, a god of dragons than actually a planeswalker, yes. uh, so to speak. Right. Yeah, so uh, Lolf Spider Queen is a three black black uh, legendary planeswalker Lolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes in with four loyalty. She has a static ability. It says whenever a creature you control dies, you put a loyalty counter on Lolf Spider Queen. Uh, you zero, you draw a card, and you lose a life. Minus three, you create two two one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. Sick. And minus eight, this is a reader. This is a reader. You get oh, an boy. emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control. If that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the difference. So what that does is, like, if you hit them with a 1-1 or whatnot, they have lost less than eight life that turn. They lose seven life. Basically, they lose eight life that turn mm-hmm. is what it does. Yeah. So uh, what I like about this card, what is going to be crazy about this card is, like, an EDH especially. Uh, this card is going to be so easy to ultimate. Uh, oh because goodness. you have all these like you have all these like aristocratic decks where you play her and you will be able to ultimate her to the same turn because you're going to sacrifice a bunch of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be able to ultimate her that turn. You so. mean like I should put her in my Marin EDH deck? Okay. Yeah. No problem. Yes, you should. Yes, you should. <laughs> uh, so uh, she also has a really sweet looking uh, creepy ass uh, alt art uh, by by Jesper es- uh, Essing. Or how do you say his last name? I don't know how you say his last name. Uh, but uh, super creepy. Super the, the, creepy. The person that uh, modeled for that art, uh, I think she has the, the actual full art of that gross. Room. That's so gross. It's so, uh, so creepy. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm down. Like, it's it's creepy. I'm, I'm good. Uh, uh, so. Like, I, uh, want, I want that art in a D&D supplement book. Right? Just, yeah. Just like, uh, and maybe another, uh, like a fifth edition reversion of uh, City of the Spider Queen or something. Yeah. Right. Um, and and not only that, like the original art for this, the uh, the the normal art for this is also done by Tyler Jacobson. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also very good looking. It's like this, like me- you can get a real feel from these arts as to how. Uh, absurdly gross and how absurdly massive Lolth is as a character. Uh, because, you know, she's supposed to be a god, you know, and that sort of thing. So. Oh, wait. I think I misspoke. Hold on. Let me look at the arts again. Okay. The original art. Okay. The one done by Tyler Jacobson. Whoever the model was for that, I can't remember her name offhand. I'm so sorry. Uh, right. But you're awesome. Uh, she has the full art of that one. Okay. So there's that, but still, like, and and that's the thing with with cards lately. Like we talked about uh, the the other cards previewed in the um, the rules, uh, the rule book art or whatever. The fact that we're not only getting new cards, but more often than not, a lot of the new cards that they're hoping see play or their intent in design is that they see play beyond draft are getting these extra type of treatments where a new set is released, but say for Loth, there's two or three different printings, right? right? And that's on top, that's not counting like your foil and whatever other foiling treatments they want to do for that set. So the fact that everybody's not chasing down just the one available type of card, they're like, oh, well, I prefer the borderless art or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then that means the uh, pack, the, the normal pack version is more readily available to those who just want to pick up the card and play with it. They don't want to, you know, get more bougie than I do with my cards. Right. I just go for pack foil. So that that's kind of cool. I, I, I dig wizards doing that and still pushing that and doing, and not just doing the same type of treatments over and over again. Like we have with these rulebook ones for some of these characters. God, I love the, the rulebook thing. I think that's neat. So. However, there, there's no like red text highlighting stuff. And I said, if it wasn't there, we're going to riot. And here we go. Let's get yeah. our pitchforks. And, um, that's there, okay. There is rumor that there will be dungeon cards. Yeah, uh, there is. The there center. is a. There is a leak that yeah. is out there. Um, it's not officially confirmed. Right. Uh, the problem with it is that apparently it was, I, what I heard was, is that it was accidentally shared via the artist's private Twitter. 
uh, is what I heard. Uh, and therefore, it is likely not uh, either not either real or it is not um, or if it is real, it was not supposed to be leaked. Right. Uh, so we'll see if that's going to be for commander only or if or if there's a legitimate mechanic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and it uh, was and it was a rule book one. That mm-hmm. was released. That that was leaked, and we won't talk about it because no, we're not going to break down the type of card or because we don't even know what the mechanic does. Yeah, and we don't. Um, we also don't even know if it's real or not. So right, it'll yeah. be interesting that if uh, during play you have to do some type of side quest or have to, <laughs> have to do something to meet a condition in order to continue playing ma- ma- playing magic the normal way. It'll, I don't think it'll be something long or drawn out. Like, uh, uh, like you have to send like so many of your party members into the dungeon, so you have to tap maybe to equal certain power or something to get rid of the card. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, but it'll be neat because part of D and D is uh, you all sit around at a table. There's one person who narrates the game, being the dungeon master. And the other people are the players, and they essentially dive into a dungeon, whether that dungeon is an abandoned city or an actual underground dungeon or wizard's tower, doesn't matter. Right. And you're there to uh, investigate a possible crime, or you're fighting a monster, or you're looking for lost treasure. So to try and find a way to capture that feel... And bring it into magic is going to be so interesting, and I can't wait. Although I have to because we got to get through Modern Horizons two first. This is true. This is very true. Yeah, I I, I can't wait either. I, I I'm more excited for that set than I think. We I, we've I, been pumped about this set since it's been announced. <laughs> yeah, we really have. Yeah, it, it's silly to think, but um, yeah, we really have been like super pumped for this set. Like it's just mm-hmm. a, it it's it's gonna be an amazing set like i just i can't even be like upset about it like i'm just like this it's gonna be just like fantastic like so i I don't know uh uh, i'm real 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 thrilled uh for it but we'll see i I told i totally forgot about meepo until the night like (laughs) can you imagine if they print cobalt bard meepo i so so I, I can only say that I, I would also like want to look forward to the possibility of them doing another one of these sets down the line uh, and touching other campaign settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I don't get me wrong. I, I do enjoy Forgotten Realms. I do. I do think that the campaign, the campaign setting is fun uh, from a standpoint of the lore aspects of the campaign setting. Uh, I dislike playing actual, like, long extended games in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, uh, I, I can see that. And, and a part of that is, like, that, that's kind of on the Dungeon Master. Like, yeah. usually when playing... See, that's why I'm, I'm glad that um, I, I have a group of friends that I play board games with. Like, we get to a point where it's like, alright, we're done. Let's just sit around and right. bullshit for a bit. You know? Right. So, you know... It, Anywhere I'd say between two and four hours for a session, if you do it once a week or once every other week, uh, or even once a month, is probably good enough. 
Well, uh, like so, like my point there is that one of the reasons I dislike playing long extended like campaigns in Forgotten Realms mm-hmm. is that uh, it's a world where the player decisions often very rarely matter. Yeah, uh, because there are so many because there's so many of these like high level uh, characters that exist mm-hmm. like Drist and Brunor and elementster and like all these like really really important characters that why did the players matter if the um if the these characters can just go fix everything kind of yeah. mentality of the form of the uh campaign setting uh which is why i tend to prefer settings like eberron uh because sure. uh eberron basically doesn't have any of those uh, Not yet, like anyway. they don't and i don't think they ever will i don't think they will mm-hmm. ever do that with eberron because it kind of counter goes counter to the campaign settings like goals uh eberron is is supposed to be like designed as like kind of like a high action style uh campaign setting Mm -hmm. where the player decisions and the player actions matter more within the context of the world and so i don't think they'll ever do that with eberron like there are characters don't get me wrong there are people that are named characters but there aren't like named heroes that you know of right like, right, right. like there's no elminster uh right you know the, the, the stakes also seem higher to the characters from like their early levels yes in eberron than they do like in forgotten realms yes like so uh you know for example like you know in forgotten realms you're gonna have you know your your basic conflicts are gonna be stuff like uh you know the, all these orcs are attacking or whatever you know uh, you know, this city or something like that. Uh, well, we got together a bunch of the, the good guys and we slaughtered, we got, we got rid of the orcs, you know, we turned them back. Sure. Um, whereas like, uh, Eberron, you know, your gameplay might start with, oh crap, my character just stumbled on a plot between two different dragon marked houses to steal an artifact that might blow up the world. <laughs> oh shit. What do I do? Like, right. <laughs> like, and like, I'm the only one that knows about this or my party's the only one that knows about this because we stumbled upon it somehow, you know, in whatnot, or we were hired like somebody from house Therani or whatever hired us to like go into this. Like, you know, it, it's, it's just, there's so many things, but there's like, name, there's these name characters that you know of, like, you know, you know that like the, the nation of Breland has King Bornal. Like, you know, that mm-hmm. King Bornal's a dude, you know, you're never going to be like, in King Boral's court. Like, you're just like, okay, I'm not going to go see King Boral. Like, we're just not going to go there and do that. Like, right. we're going to, like, deal with his, you know, uh, his magistrates and stuff. And, like, the, the like the Sharn Watch. And we're going to deal with, like, all these, like, lower level people. And, uh, like, we know Merrick Stekaneth is a, is, a, is a named character. Mm-hmm. Merrick Stekaneth is never going to step into a situation and help you. <laughs> like it's just not gonna happen. He's he's gonna be like, ah, you guys are assholes. Ah, <laughs> I I am the bad guy here. Like you know, so you know, it's I, I think that's what I like about the setting is like it's much more fun to play longer campaigns in Eberron mm-hmm. because they lend themselves to like a lot of like cool intrigue and a lot of really interesting gameplay. Uh, and I, I always just like that when the player decisions and the players have agency. And the player decisions matter. And I think that's what's so cool about it as a campaign setting. But I would dig seeing a D&D set in Magic Gathering that was also focused on Eberron. 
Oh, sure. Uh, because and, and I, I'm sure that's coming. Like, I, yeah. I would, I, I would dig seeing Warforged as a... Oh, my goodness. As a, uh, you know... Creature type Creature dog. type, yeah. No, just creature type Warforged. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just make them Warforged. Like, they're, they'd be totally fine to just make them Warforged. Like, yeah. uh, and, and for those of you people at home and don't know what warforged are they are uh sentient living constructs uh that were created to fight a war mm-hmm. uh like literally to fight a a, a massive large scale conflict and they were sold to literally every nation in that conflict because for the people that don't know anything about eberron the um eberron is essentially a, a world of political intrigue uh which is really cool uh, and there are these houses, these dragon marked houses that sell their services and they don't care who they sell them to. They sell them to every nation. And so they're, you know, you have five different nations in this main continent that are all that were all going to war with each other. And House Candace stepped in and said, hey, we have uh, we have created a race of living weapons for everybody. Yeah. Highest bidder. Like they were just like money give us right and and so they sold all these things well these these are all like sentient creatures they have thoughts feelings you know the whole kit caboodle they're not just golems they're and now and now the war is over now the war is over what do they all do they were all made for this now they have to kind of figure out find their own way in the world and i i love the Mm -hmm. concept of the race like i think it's a, a really uh interesting concept uh uh you also have Races like uh, Calistar and Shifters yeah. and uh, Changelings, uh, like Shifters especially, are very interesting uh, from a, a lore standpoint because they're the descendants of true lycanthropes, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and how that blood of the lycanthrope blood has gone down the generations and has created a race that's not truly lycanthrope, but they're not truly human either, uh, and it's, it makes for an interesting. Uh, race so right it, it kind of these additional races kind of give it that distinct feel mm-hmm. that you're you're not on the forgot you're not on fair run anymore right you're yeah. completely somewhere else and it's nice and refreshing and, and it's the uh, essentially the the newest uh setting yes or dungeon dragons yeah came out during third edition which was jesus like there has not 20, been a new setting in forever yeah, it's been not like really. over twenty years. Yeah, um, there's just but not... no, it, it, it's cool. But to go back to your points about Forgotten Realms, like people have talked about, like um, for campaigns, oftentimes their campaigns end before characters even get to like fourteenth level. Yeah, sometimes they even end around like eleventh or twelfth because you, you uh, get to that point where you uh, inevitably start attracting either attracting the attention of the high level characters of the world right depending on when you're actually that is the thing so much timeline stuff there there is forgotten realms that you have to like okay what timeline does this take place in right what Uh, what characters do i have to be aware of in the world right it requires a lot like once you start approaching those double digits it requires a ton of work from the dm to make sure the characters feel that not only are, are they powerful in the world, but they're also getting the appropriate attention for either challenges or notoriety for what they've done so far. Like, there's some tangible reward beyond 
experience points, magic items, and, right. and so on. Because uh, if not, then the game kind of becomes Diablo, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but eventually, it just it's the same thing, just di- different cast of characters, so to speak, as far as whatever's being played out uh, on the game board. So, yeah, I... I, I don't have a D&D session yet myself. Something that I've thought about doing uh, now that we're getting closer to the end of the pandemic. Yeah. I am definitely in no rush because obviously I'm one person, but, you know, everybody's going to get back to, quote, their normal at their own rate. But eventually there's going to be a time where I'm like, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. And then see if we can gather a group and sit down and, and play D and even if it's, God, I hope there's not a sixth edition. I really, I really, hope <laughs> not. I, I, I just don't want them to reboot the damn game again because uh, all these books behind me or whatever, you know. Yeah, I um, it's been so long since I played that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just I don't know. So like, I, I would try and keep it simple. Make sure that the uh, people playing have uh, complete agency over what they do, and that you know. Whatever you do, cool. That's what you're doing. Here's what happens, and if there's any consequences or whatever, and focus more on story than what whatever silly stats or whatever are going on. But but still try and cater to each person. Like if someone just wants to smash stuff, cool. If someone wants like to sneak into places, cool. If someone wants to role play with the gnome baker in the market, cool. Whatever, right? Just make sure everybody gets their spotlight but also work together as a team to solve essentially the puzzle, that being the dungeon. Right, 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 right. Anyhow. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, We should probably... we could still talk for another like four hours, I bet. (laughs) Please don't. Uh, This is not the the Snyder Cut of the Astrolab. (laughs) Uh, We're not not going there. Nice. Uh, Definitely not Snyder cutting it up, so... uh, No. Um, but uh, we do uh, should start uh, wrapping up here. So uh, why don't we start with um, Scott telling us everybody where he could find his content on the internet, and we'll go from there. Yeah, you can uh, find my articles over at mtgpackfoils.com. I was going to initially talk about cards I want to see from Legacy into Modern. I, I kind of scrapped that because just how me getting back in the swing of things as far as writing and just this gauntlet of modern horizons 2 previews <laughs> yeah i'm i'm going to wait until the dust settles and then write an arc like here's cards i kind of highlight here's cards that i think they can include that haven't been included yet uh so that way we can kind of kind of look at from that standpoint or whatever but i will get back in the swing of things here soon you can also reach me especially if you want to buy me a switch um, <laughs> or on twitter and facebook uh, DMs are open. Hey, hey. So, uh, yeah, uh, hook me up. No, I'm, I'm totally teasing. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, but, Joe, uh, you have been writing a lot of words. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of words about Void Mirror and other cards in the set. Where can people read your articles? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at VorathXP. You can also find the articles every Tuesday and every Thursday at MTG Goldfish uh, with the... Um, uh, Vintage 101 and This Week in Legacy articles. I, I'm just 
tired. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, you can also find the cast at the Astrolab cast at, uh, and the also uh, Astrolab podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you would like to send us a switch, uh, you can also reach us there. Uh, <laughs> I would take a switch. I would also take a copy. Uh, I would also accept a PS5. Uh, nice. I would also accept a copy of Horizon Forbidden West when it comes out. Uh, but, you know, uh, I'm not picky. Uh, PS5, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, uh, so that about wraps it up for episode 44 of the Astrolab podcast. So, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you guys uh, have feedback, please let us know. But otherwise, uh, we shall see you guys in the near immediate future, hopefully someplace soon. So, uh, again, have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys soon soon as morano mardica dice oh shit what the hell did i summon ah scott